Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 7, Episode 16, titled The First Day of the Rest of Your Life. It's the Season 7 finale. Aaron, what'd you think? I'm having an exceptionally hard time coming up with a final score for this thing because <laughs> I found it undeniably entertaining. Sometimes, you know, not, not for the right reasons. Um, I found some of the monologues... Um, surprisingly well written and effective and maybe it's just because i just have a lot of residual characters or um affection for these characters when maggie goes back and waxes about you know how what a uh, unselfish hero uh, glenn was it kind of gets me um but also a lot of the action i thought was staged in a way that you had to make a a couple leaps of logic to follow it Mm -hmm. um and a lot of the resolutions kind of seem very convoluted, and they also really lean on the Walking Dead crutch, which is we have no hints at all that this character development has happened, but we're going to tell you why this should be meaningful and this should mean something in the final moment of this character's life. Right. And this time they doubled down and did... Did, did character development on both uh, Sasha and Abraham that was not in evidence until they needed it. Right. And um, and, and I, I think the difference is I think a better show, a more careful show, a more, a more, res- a more prepared show, we would have seen this stuff with Sasha and Abraham mm-hmm. because they would have gone in knowing that at the end of the season they would need this to happen and, and this would be an important thing to, to launch it. But since this show is literally planned eight episodes at a time, they don't have that luxury. Yeah. No, it's uh, I had a lot of the same problems you did. Um, I think beyond the stuff you just said, there's also a big problem with this show just plain telegraphing what it's going to do. Yeah. Um, in in ways that then don't surprise you. Um, like, it should have been a surprise to us that Sasha was going to kill herself in this box uh-huh. somehow. Um, and they played it like it was going to be. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. Um, I think anybody watching it, who, anybody who had watched that previous episode and then watched this episode knew this pill's coming back into play. And oh, yeah. by trying to execute on that, they also disrupted the flow of what should have been an epic confrontation yes. for a finale. And I... I, I couldn't stand every time they cut back to Sasha, I was going, come just get on with it. We know. And you're mm-hmm. using this crutch of this character development right before she dies right. that we already we've seen so many times in the show mm-hmm. that when they pulled me out of the action and the stuff that I thought was important in order to do this post hoc character uh progression, it just it felt completely wrong and it ruined any momentum the episode had. Yeah, it kind of feels like, and I mean, the end result is undeniably pretty and well executed, I think. It's just the difference between watching a master paint and a paint by numbers. Yeah. Like a paint by numbers done done competently can actually look pretty good at the end. Mm-hmm. But it's once, if, if once, you know, oh my God, did you paint that? Oh no, it's a paint by numbers kit. You're automatically less impressed, right? Definitely. Well, this is the equivalent. Like they just like, okay, here is what more successful shows have done. They've done it in this arty way. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead of reflecting back on things that we already knew about these characters and these organic moments, coming together to give it extra weight it's like nope they're just going to give them this is is all self-contained they're manufacturing a moment instead of letting it a moment blossom you know the way it should and 
it just feels so contrived. Yeah, and it, it, that's the thing. It's like that's I guess what separates like um, you know really high quality stuff from more amateur like fanfic basis. Like if you read a fan fiction, the the, the nerds that write that can really nail the exciting action pieces. Like like you know you want to you want a Star Wars fan fiction like and, and see a big Jedi battle like some of these guys can like you know they're fucking William Faulkner of like action scenes uh-huh. um, and so they get these set pieces but getting them all to connect like that's the hard part of writing like why is this person here to be doing this awesome thing yeah why should I care how are you going to get them to the next set piece like that's mm-hmm. where you I guess you know you really earn earn your keep as a professional writer and this is where Walking Dead consistently takes the easy way out yeah. No, it's unfortunate because I do I do think there are some enjoyable things in this episode, but overall, like generally, I thought it was a pretty poor finale as far as Walking Dead finales go. Yeah, and then and, and then also also underpinning everything is the garbage people, right? And just and and how could we forget? And, and unfortunately, with the garbage people, they've they've infected my enjoyment of Ezekiel. Like mm. my my suspension disbelief can just. Except that people would go to an Arthurian legend to derive hope in a hopeless situation. But when Jadis is up there, Romulan commandering it and doing all this bullshit, and they're they're riding in on 10 speeds in garbage trucks Uh and speaking like ESL Eastern European rejects, I, 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 I I don't know what to do with it. And it makes Ezekiel look stupid. And also... Ezekiel, why are you quoting yeah, Shakespeare I, when you're dealing with Morgan who knows that you're this is a charade? Right. Like why would Morgan be like, "Look, dude, we're not with the plebes anymore. You don't have to inspire like just just be just be real with me, man." Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Like you can you can kind of roll with some things and not realize how much you're rolling with until you hit that wall. Yeah. And, you, and it makes you re-question like, "Why have I been going along with this? This is not okay." Right. Uh, the, <laughs> like you can take things too far, and then it makes you recontextualize everything. And right. I think you're right with Ezekiel. The trash people are not doing him a great service. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it kind of makes everything. Uh, but on the other end, uh, Shiva was uh really cool. Yeah, like, like getting a tiger mauling into action. That was pretty sweet. Yeah, some of the actual resolutions to the conflict, like like Sasha popping out as a zombie and Carl whirling around shooting people. That was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what the hell Negan is actually up to. Like, I didn't understand his plan and why he thought it would work and what it was supposed to do well enough to appreciate the fact that Sasha subverted it. Yeah, I guess his plan was just to roll up there and say, hey, I got Sasha, you don't want her to die, right? Yeah. And then come in and kill three people? Like, Sasha yeah. talked him down to one, but uh-huh. his original plan was, I'm I'm going to use you as a pawn to get in and then kill three of them. Yeah. Why Which, would he think that would work? I don't know. But then also Rick is being defiant in the face of Negan, comically so. Like even yeah, the head yeah. and, and 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 I guess it's cool because he just happened to be right because a giant coincidence of these two groups from completely different sections of the world of the country mm-hmm. that have like variable travel distances happen to converge at the exact right like like the exact yeah. right moment. No, they they needed that one. Yeah, like she <laughs> gets really there half second it. late, and Carl's bla- brains are splattered. And and maybe yeah. I don't know, maybe um, maybe Rick needed to pay more of a price. I think so. Like like maybe Carl or Michonne has to die. To to show that like the shit that because that's the other thing is like it's it, they frame Sasha as this person that puts her ass on the line for other people mm-hmm. yet 
her and Rosita's crusade was much more about this avenging a single man, right? And their particular dealing with the grief. It wasn't about other people. It was it was a very selfish act, right? And that's the thing that doesn't feel right about this glorious speech at the end by Maggie about sacrifice mm-hmm. for others is that. The only point at which Sasha was willing to sacrifice for others was when she was already up against it. Mm-hmm. I mean, she had she had no way out here. The only option was sacrifice for the others. Yeah, uh, that's not true sacrifice, in my opinion. And and the thing that right. she did that was so stupid to get her into that situation was the exact opposite: selfishness. Yes. So, like, they're trying to make this really poignant. Uh, moment at the end that just falls flat to me because of the actions that led up to it it's just a, yet another symptom of them not thinking ahead on the show enough yeah so i mean there's a lot it was, can you let me know what is the actual community's feeling because i i got on reddit and it seemed it's like, also mixed it seemed like a lot of people really liked it and there's a lot of people all but almost universal opinion the top rated thread even above the post discretion discussion thread is what the fuck is with these garbage people? How in the world do they have this culture in less than two, uh-huh. two and a half years after the fall of mankind? It yeah. makes no sense. And Yeah, I felt like so, this... So even if you enjoyed the episode, you're still there's this cloud of like, what the fuck is going on with this community? I, th- I think this is actually a brilliant play by the trash people. The trash people speak this way because no one can possibly hope to understand what they're actually saying. Uh-huh. And then in that way, they can lull you into this false sense of security. Like, I think they're on our side, right? Right. They're, they're on our side. Come right. on. Clearly, they haven't killed us yet. They're on right. our side. They take, and then, they take, but they don't bother. <laughs> right. Rick, take, what does that mean? Taking from us would bother us. So surely, yeah, yeah. And, and, and all along, they're saying, we're, we're going to take. We're mm-hmm. going to take. We're not going to bother with your stupid plan. Like right. They've been telling you the real plan the whole time, and they've just been saying it in such a weird way that you don't get it. Right, and I and I understand like you know people are like okay, well my my I, I think Rick is foolish to trust these people and give them guns. Well, he's desperate. He is desperate, yeah. But how many times do you have to show a person being desperate? Like taking Dwight's gambit shows that Rick is desperate. Like that's that's a big sacrifice. Like doubling that's down true. on the desperation. I don't know. It seems weird. Like what? And if you don't agree with me here, like how many times would Rick have to take a bad deal? Like what if a third group showed up? Like what if Joe's claimers can't showed up and be like, oh yeah, we'll help you this Negan problem. <laughs> would you be like, oh, well, he's desperate. Clearly, uh-huh. clearly, he's the garbage people might pitch. You got to, and you know, he's going to go in and take all the guns from Oceanside. Like all the well, he's desperate. Like how many fucking things does he have to do in desperation before you're like, you know what? Maybe you got enough fucking cards up your sleeve, you can be choosy. Yeah, and that's what the yeah. that's that's they they took the one, you know, Rick leap of faith from the comic book, and they generate all this all. Then and the only reason, like the only reason the trash people exist, is to bloat out this season at, at two episodes. Yeah, that's literally the only reason they exist. To send them on a goose chase, right? Yeah. Like you got to find guns. Eh, not enough guns. Find more guns. Yeah, it gets it gets repetitive and annoying. After are we going to re- actually recap this episode? We are. Just, okay. yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should do that now. All right. Hey, everybody. Before we get into the recap proper, we've got a little bit of housekeeping we want to do, talk about some of our upcoming content. Uh, we think you guys are really going to like it. Tonight, we, we missed it on Thursday night because I was out of town, but we've got Ghost in the Shell, the full review coming up. Uh, we're, we're seeing it at our first opportunity. We're going to get that podcast out for you tonight. 
Uh, we've got a lot of other shows that are starting up in the next month or so, the next few weeks, actually. Uh, Better Call Saul is the first one that's actually going to have the preview podcast out for season three Wednesday. Wednesday, I think, is the day. Yeah. Um, we're also going to be starting The Leftovers here, which airs just a week after that. Um, we'll be doing the the preview cast for that sometime before it airs. It's tough because now Aaron's going on vacation, mm-hmm. so... I don't know. Our schedule's all topsy-turvy, but we will have both of those shows coming back as well as Fargo, uh, which will be both in the Fargo feed and the the Bald Move TV feed, so you can get it kind of everywhere. And germane to Walking Dead interest, we also played the last episode of the Michonne Saga. Yep. A.K.A. the Storm and Norma Saga. Yeah, episode three's up right now, so if you want to, if you're a club member and you want to go check that out, just go to the website and you can click through the link. Uh, and as far as other bonus content for our members um, goes, we're going to have a quip coming out. Uh, I think this is one of the really good ones. There yeah. are a couple coming up that I'm pretty proud of that I think are funny. Uh, this might be the first in that series. So check that out on Wednesday as well if you're a club member. And if not, maybe consider signing up for it. Uh, but that's it. Let's get into the recap. Uh, so we start on a very tight shot of what I assumed was Sasha's O-Face. Uh-huh. That's, um, that's true. It looks like she was just going to paddle the little man in the boat until mm-hmm. she got to where she was going and i couldn't get that image out of my head like i even the second time i was watching it, i'm like it really looks like she is having having herself a good old time yeah listening she's 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 uh she's treating herself I, you you wouldn't believe the number I, I was reading an article on on ew uh-huh. they said the number of times they had to shoot that scene because i mean the director just kept screaming, no, not an O-face. We right. want you to die here. Uh-huh. And she just, she couldn't do it. She just, couldn't do it. Is no, that a real, okay, I was going to say. I mean, did, not am, am I, because the other thing is I didn't see anyone on Reddit mentioning the obvious joke here, which is it looks like she was playing, like, like, no. like I, 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 that's the only thing I got from the scene. And I thought it was really weird that they, showing a person dying of poison in that particular way. I mean, maybe they hmm. did a bunch of research and that's exactly what it would look like. But I would I think a no person idea. progressively paler and their voice gets reedier and their shallow, their breathing gets shallow, not heavier and more labored and, like, eyes screwing shut and sweat popping. I mean, I, again, I don't know. I've never overdosed on allergy medication. I haven't either. Never seen anyone do it. So no. I'm just saying that it's unfortunately with the R&B in the background, it made it seem like she's having herself a night to remember. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, she's, maybe she was doing both. You know <laughs> why not? Yeah, why you're not? on your way out anyway. If, if you're going out, go out with a smile. Yeah, uh, but she's listening to "Someday Will Be Free" by Donny Hathaway throughout this. Uh, anytime I refer to a Sasha flashback, know that it's going to be tight shot on her face in the dark, listening to music, masturbating while she gives a choice quote from Abraham and is going to init- immediately in- initialize that memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and indeed, we have Abe and Sasha flashing back to uh, right before they leave for the hilltop with Maggie and her torn uterus. And Abraham says, Maggie's in trouble. I got to go. And Sasha says, don't. Okay. Anything to discuss? This is No, not right. really. Uh, then Negan shows up to Sasha's cell and enlists her to help with the demonstration he's got cooked up to help instruct Rick's group. He says, uh, if you do your player cards right, only three will have to die. She says, oh, come on. Surely only one person has to die. And he's like, okay, fine. And he gives her a plate, a silver platter full of pancakes with a blueberry smiley face on it. Yeah. 
what the hell's wrong with Negan? He enjoys toying with people. I mean, that much is clear. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know why he thinks it's appropriate at this moment. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I get it. Like, this is a very, this is uh it's so weird because I feel like they almost could tell this interesting story where Negan knows what people need to break. Mm-hmm. But this flies in the face of it because all this is doing is just emboldening. Everything he's doing is giving Sasha what she needs to do the thing that she wants to do here. Yeah. Uh, so way to go, Negan. You played right into the writer's hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dwight is being held um, by Rick at gunpoint. And he's explaining, look, we both want the same thing at this point. We both want Negan dead. But it can't just be me. That's why I don't just blow his brains out because these crazies are all Negan. And you should kill one of them. Another will take their place. Uh, Daryl becomes enraged at his suggestion. Suggestion: the only reason that Denise died is because he's a sh- shitty shot with the crossbow. I have a really good work with a CGI knife that, mm. like, it's almost too good. Too good? Yeah, because I don't. I don't feel like a person could be that cool about a knife like brushing up against a cornea. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, I- like. Like the like maybe pull that CGI knife an inch or two away so I can enjoy the person shitting their pants rather than being like yo for real you're gonna dig out this dude's eyeball. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know what stopped Daryl here. Frankly, um, I'm not sure. Like he rushes in like a madman, ready to kill you, and then he stops before. It's, it's the Dwight dialogue where he says the only reason I did the things that you want to kill me for are for a person who I no longer need to protect and the same person that saved you. So we're right. kind of, in a weird way, on the opposite sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I'm surprised he got those words out of his mouth before Daryl yeah. offed him. Yeah, and I describe Dwight. Dwight looks to me like <laughs> Christian Bale playing the machinist, playing Jesus Christ, <laughs> is how is that his whole yeah. his whole look and effect is here. Um but I, the thing is, is I think Daryl would be like, you know what, you son of a bitch, I showed you a different way. Mm-hmm. You could have trusted me, and everyone would be alive now, and none of, the, and your face wouldn't be burnt up, and you wouldn't be this asshole murderer. But you fucked up, Gulch. Mm-hmm. But also, I think a little bit penetrates the animal mind that like this is a solution to like all the problems because he he's got a really solid plan here. Like, look. Somehow, we don't know exactly how. I got theories. Someone told Negan about Rick being naughty. Negan sending a death squad of three trucks and, like, 20, 30 saviors, and they're going to wipe you guys out unless you guys get in line. Yeah. And, however, if you trust me, we can kill Negan and all those dudes. Then, you know, I'll radio back and say everything's cool. We'll ride back to the savior compound, liquidate all those goons, and then go from outpost to outpost and wipe out the whole threat. That's seductive. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And it also would frame Rick as highly desperate because it's also – I mean they, 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 they frame this in a later discussion with him and Daryl where Rick's like, if this guy's lying, it's all over. Yeah. So again, I ask why do we need three or four other depictions of Rick ask, acting desperate? This was a really good one. It was. So <laughs> – uh, He already set the desperation train in motion, I guess, a few episodes ago with the, the trash people, right? That's what I'm saying, but it, it, each one blunts the, the impact. Yeah. Because if you're just making deals with everyone, I mean, you're 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 like you're not that desperate. That's what I'm saying. If you have five fucking options to choose from, 
and two of them like like they're all bad, but some of them are less bad than others. Then yes, you're desperate, but you have options. Truly desperate people only have one. Like like if Rick had no other thing, he had no Seaside, he had no Dwight. Then trusting the garbage people, I guess, is justified. But every time you give him more choices and more options, it feels like it's less justified. Mm-hmm. And then turns out the hilltop and the kingdom were on board all the, all along. So yeah. what the fuck? Um. So Sasha. We're back to another uh, flashback with her. She explains to Abraham she had a dream the night before. Um, and that that's pretty much the end of that scene because Negan comes in. And um, I don't know. He just he, he seems delusional with his discussion of Sasha. Like, again, I don't understand his plot enough to understand why having her in the coffin is super important. Why the theatrical na- nature of that is super important. Why he need like what's his plan? His plan B if she doesn't cooperate is just kill everyone in Alexandria. Yeah, I mean plan B is kill her, kill like kill her, bust into Alexandria, and kill the people there. But I, I mean, I guess he wants her to play along because he thinks that she can convince the others to back down. But he knows he had the thing is is like. That makes sense if you don't know that Negan has the trash people on his side. Mm-hmm. So plan B is to like like I I don't understand why I guess so I guess this is more about testing Sasha's loyalty that she'll jump in this coffin and play along with the betrayal like 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 Eugene too eagerly does. It's more of a test for him and he's got his bases covered with the trash people. Maybe. I mean, maybe his idea is to install Sasha in Rick's place mm-hmm. uh, if if Rick doesn't go along with it. Hmm. And, and you know, that test of loyalty would be useful for that, I suppose. That seems foolhardy to trust her. Like, if you can't trust him to betray the person, to betray the group, but then you're going to kill Rick and install her in his place? What I'm saying is if she had uh, gone along with his plan. Oh, I see. Yeah. Then maybe he would at least know how to control her. Which yeah. Apparently, he doesn't know how to control Rick. Yeah, and he doesn't know how to control her either because he's you know he's the murderer of well, her lover yeah. and she's he's serving her blueberry pancakes as a celebration for her ultimate betrayal of her people. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, anyway, she bargains him down from three people dead to Lucille to one, which is you know again weird. Um, I mean, she's she's clearly talking about herself here. Like yeah. when she's like, oh yeah, just one. Uh-huh. She's she knows what she's gonna do. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know who Negan had in mind as the one. I th- probably Carl. I think it should be Rick. Yeah, like yeah, I mean, it should be Rick. Th- I, I get it. Like because this is another common thread of people. Like, why has Negan got this fixation on Rick? I was like, well, because it's it's fun. It's it's a challenge to break him. I'm like, I get it, but at what point do you're like, okay, this guy is just too stupid you or too cut stubborn. Your yeah. yeah, like, you know, like either Alexandria is a resource worth protecting or it's your pet project. Mm-hmm. It can't really be both, right? Like at, at the end of the day, one is more important than the other. I have no idea which for Negan. Yeah, um, it, it, he seems to oscillate kind of back and forth yeah, between he, the two. Is he sadistic because he's sadistic? Is he mm-hmm. sadistic because that's his idea of business management? Like, right. He's kind of all over the map, and they kind of acknowledge that in the episode where with his speech to Rick, but I, I don't know. It's it's really hard to figure out 
Um, I mean, I feel like they want us to think that he's an evil genius, but he seems very much like he's just flailing from one mm-hmm. interesting plan to the X and to the next. I, I don't know. Uh, Maggie, we see in the hilltop debating what to do because Rick's told her to stay neutral because they wanted to exploit the hilltop's neutrality uh, for further resistance to Negan in case the main the main attack fails, which I think is pretty smart. Sure. Like, you know, you got to have uh, a base of operations if things go south. Uh, Maggie is going to ultimately squander that uh, to help out Rick, which Rick says is the right call, which I guess it's the right call because it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In hindsight, it's the right call. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a 50-50 thing. Uh, Jesus is glad that Maggie's deciding because he couldn't. And Enid ultimately takes Judith uh, to babysit her and hands Maggie her dad's watch which is going to give her yeah. the strength to know what to do, I guess. So, b- biggest question I still have of this mm-hmm. season, Gregory. Mm-hmm. Where's he at? What's he doing? I I thought that the show was trying to tell us that he was the one tipping off Negan about, you know, the hilltop and about the plans of the Alexandrians and, like, yeah, I'm really All curious that, about but... what that shot of him and Simon having a, com- a wordless conversation was all about because I thought that mm-hmm. was to suggest he's the little bird. Apparently, Jadis is the little bird. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I don't. I but don't get but it where way. are they? What are they doing with him right now? Because he's off on his own with some manservant or whatever yeah. that he's got. Uh... Presumably to see Simon. Did he just miss, like, he's showing up? In the next season, we're going to see an establishing shot of Gregory and Cal uh-huh. riding up to the gates. Like, hey, you just missed Negan. He's off to talk to Rick. Probably. Oh, I went to tell him about Rick. Well, you know, just in time. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought that's what he was doing. And so now I'm totally confused about what he's up to. Yeah, me too. And I'm sure they'll get back to it next season. I hope yeah. they'll get back to it next season. Yeah. And what, I mean, I don't know. It's such a weird place to leave him because either Maggie wins the day and she's the hero of the hilltop, mm-hmm. which seems is what's happened. And if Gregory tries to come back, he'll just be seen as a turncoat carpet bagging traitor. Yeah. Or Maggie will be beaten, disgraced, and then maybe he can come back with a platform of, see, I was right. I try working with the saviors is the only way. Yeah. And that's not going mm-hmm. to fucking happen. So what the hell? <laughs> yeah, I, I can't see that. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Uh, the kingdom is also moving with suspicious timing to Alexandria. Mm-hmm. Uh, they find a Richard trap, the classic uh, shopping cart wiener strategy, uh, except for Morgan is running it. And he says it's yeah. just for walkers. For same some carts. Reason. The exact same carts. He's He yeah. sharpened his bow staff up into a weapon. Uh, Carol says, look, have you already started ambushing saviors because I'm smarter than Rosita and Sasha, and I can see how that would really fuck up our element of goddamn surprise. Sure would. And Morgan's like, no, I'm not that stupid. Mm-hmm. What kind of main character, what kind of title <laughs> character would be that stupid, Carol? Like, if I did that, they should just kill me off. Yeah. Just kill me now. Yeah, I would deserve to die because Easily. I've jeopardized the whole group for my own selfish ambitions. Um, and... <laughs> He says, no, no, I've just been killing zombies. Again, I'm not an idiot. Mm-hmm. Uh, King Ezekiel then steps up to him and talks a mess in ye old stage English about, are you going to extinguish all that you were? Cease this folly. And talking about wearing Benjamin's armor as a way to honor him. And I mean, this guy, he's got two guys marching with like battle standards. 
mm-hmm. like these big red flags emblazoned with some kind of I don't know team yellow Pokemon thing. Yeah. What I think is funny about him is like okay maybe this does work for people in the post apocalypse to give him something to believe in, but he's shown his real self to Carol and Morgan, and he's appealing to Morgan's better nature. You would think that it al- would be almost insulting to continue this act. Yeah, you got to take him aside and say, okay, okay, Morgan, I'm going to drop the act for a second. Right. Are you, do you really want to lose yourself again? Right. You told me about the clear. Carol told me about the clear. Somebody's yeah. told me about it. Yes. Don't go there again. Yeah. And then he would turn around and say, ah, oh, Morgan, he has decided to join our yeah, party. Right, right. Of Merry Voyages. Right. Fate, fate smiles upon our victory, for <laughs> right. our own ally, Morgan, has doth returned. <laughs> fine, fine. That if you works, wanna... yeah. But you got to have just a normal-ass conversation yeah. with the man. Yeah, it's it's it's... I don't know. It's really weird. Yeah. It's really weird, and it ta- it's like, again... Are they not writing their own show? Like, that would be a nice detail where he just... It would. When he's with Morgan or with Carol or any other his inner circle, he drops to act and is just real. And he can show his vulnerability and his concern and his compassion and his humanity. And then he puts the king yeah. persona back up to inspire people. It would and be it a would lot... give the audience, like, something to grasp onto saying, okay, yes. this this is what is real here. Yes. And, like, all of this other stuff, yes, it's an act... But it's it's necessary. But it would give an inside track for the. Or the you viewers. could make him be fully crazy, and people tend to just believe because it's kind of like you know that that he's got this crazy charisma. Uh-huh. But it's weird that they're just half ass in both approaches, and it makes a, for a wildly inconsistent viewing experience for me. And it's yeah. hard for me to get into his later like Lord of the Rings. Return of the King speeches when he's being this delusional with the quiet moments with 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 uh, Morgan. Yeah. Anyway. Morgan apparently takes us to heart and joins up, as we'll see later. Mm-hmm. Uh, garbage people arrive to reinforce Alexandria, and they arrive in garbage trucks. Like, like they get out True of like garbage like, fashion. Yeah, like like they're <laughs> troop transports. They they get out in organized groups of bearing guns out of the and and I'm for, gonna say that's pretty inspired. Like I kind of enjoyed them rolling up in literal garbage trucks. It's very thematic. Yeah. What do you make of the? Had, Two dozen people riding on ten speeds. I don't know why they wouldn't just ride in the garbage trucks. Because I've seen honestly. guys in garbage trucks on my street, and they like there's handhelds on the side. Yeah. That would look mm-hmm. badass if you had For like sure. a bunch of dudes like hanging off the back with guns. Mm-hmm. And you've got like four, three, four trucks, so yep. the people that are riding the bikes would have seems like room to fit in or on or around the garbage trucks. Right, and probably a hard time keeping up, right? I would think so. Like, how slow are they driving in these trucks? You're just going to roll 10 miles an hour? Just because you only ever see a garbage truck going 10 miles an hour down your street doesn't mean that's all it can do. Yeah. Also, if you follow the garbage truck, you'll know how oppressive the stench is. Mm. So these people riding the (laughs) 10 speeds are essentially breathing in human garbage the entire time. That can't be good for you. No. Or your endurance. It's just just weird. Uh, so anyway... Yeah, maybe let them set the pace, right? Yeah. <laughs> the bikes. Jadis comes in and surveys all of Alexandria and says, we take, we don't bother, and Rick's like, okay then, we're friends. Time yeah. to fight. And she <laughs> says, no, no understand, yeah. we take, no yeah. bother. Yeah. Rick's yeah. like, yep, yep, sure sure I, thing. I heard you. <laughs> gonna fuck me, gonna fuck me hard. Uh, and then she says uh, she, to Michonne, yours, indicating to Rick, and Michonne goes, yeah, we're together. And she goes, I lay with them after. You care? Mm-hmm. 
And then Rick and Michonne all like this is something out of like fucking Married with Children, man. Uh-huh. This this oh you know you can almost hear like they they need an audience track going ooh and and making kind of noises like that because it's just so dumb. Yeah, it's so dumb. It's pretty dumb. Uh, I, I don't know. I I still think she's actually explaining her her plan here, and I I came up with a good nickname for her. Oh yeah, yeah, Trasha Yar. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay. Uh, well, I don't think we'll get to use it. I don't know if she's going to be in the show much longer. Like, the next confrontation, I expect them to just die, There right? will be blood, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I might not get to use that one very often, but I wanted to get it in there. Uh, Trasha Yar. I like it. I like it. Um, and it turns out she doesn't need Michonne's permission to fuck Rick, because mm-hmm. she's going to do it here real, real soon. Uh, they show a scene of Rosita wiring up the front gate to blow it the fuck up. Again, we only knew that she could do this like four episodes ago. Right. They wrote this they they wrote this eight episodes like, hey, we want someone to blow shit up. Hey, we don't have a MacGyver on a team. I know Rosita will be an explosive expert. Right, and and they she just will. They just had her do it. They were just like, Okay, well Rosita's the expert now, we'll explain it later in like right. two episodes. Right. Uh and then they did it and they mm-hmm. explain it and the backstory actually Maybe that was one of the fake outs that worked because I expected once we started getting this heart to heart that Rosita was done for. Uh huh. Like explaining her backstory and all this, and she still might be. I think because like you she know, might, yeah. This war is going to take a lot of people out, and I think that she's going to be one of the. I, I we might be surprised. Who, I thought it was that going to be that dies. episode though. Like, yeah. True. True. Yeah. They but, they gave her a little too much, and I was like, uh oh. We have to give them props. They 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 did some character development that was not immediately fatal. Right. Uh, anyway, uh, where am I at here? Oh, yeah, she's rigging shit to blow up at the front gate. Uh, the saviors have encountered a fallen tree that's that's blocked their convoy. Now, I forgot to recap this part where Dwight said that he is going to cut some trees down along the path of Alexander to Alexander, try to slow the saviors to give them more time to prep and get the garbage people there. And so this is fruits of that labor. Uh... Which, Negan is no fool. He sees this, and he sees this as, as highly suspicious that maybe Alexandria knows somehow that something's up. Yeah. And they refer to Plan B. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eugene comes up to Negan and says, hey, this extra time is giving me time to think about this. I want to get a crack at talking to the Alexandrians to get them to surrender before you move to the, I guess, Sasha phase? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. Plan A. Yeah, he's now Plan Zero. Right. He's playing Omega. Uh, Michonne is prepping in a sniper nest with the blonde trash woman. Uh, I guess Michonne's their sniper now. I guess. Because they need one, and she's the least shitty at it. Christ. Uh, They both agree that they'll win the day, uh, but the trash woman is briefly spooked when Michonne says she's splitting up for better sight lines. We know that's because she plans on fucking her, Mm -hmm. um, and she's going to try here in a minute. Yeah, they're really trying to amp me up in these scenes. Like, uh-huh. they got the music going full blast, like something ominous is happening. The problem is, we don't know what it is, and they're going to ruin that tension by cutting back to Sasha. Like, right. they should have done this in a big chunk. Right. Like, all of the setup, all of the knockdown, they should have done it all together to really get me involved. Like, can you imagine if they took that that amazing scene from True Detective, mm-hmm. episode four, whatever it was, the right. one shot, right. where he goes through this town um, or this little subdivision area, and they just intercut it with, like, backstory for uh, 
or intercut it with how he got to there, which is meeting up with the redheaded motorcycle gang and having to take drugs and like every right. every minute they cut back to. Can you how- imagine the drop in in tension and yeah. and just vibe that you would sure. get from th- that being interspersed? Like, there's no need for it. Yeah, I mean. Ultimately, Just we would have seen this, this happen up. a season and a half ago when Abraham and Rosie, or Abraham and Sasha went off to mount up to go talk to, to go save Maggie, uh-huh. and then they might have recalled back to that to refresh it. But that that'd been the best way. Yeah, I think second best way is like this is a cold open, uh-huh. like it's just a, a flashback. Uh, maybe they establish Rosita in the coffin, maybe not, but it's a flashback to under just so you can get in the mind of why Rosita, uh, Sasha's doing the things that she's doing. But you're right. Cutting back and forth just is the worst of all worlds. Yeah. Uh, so right now we're going to have another flashback, Speak of the Devil. Um, and Sasha's urging Abraham that we can sit this out, that they need us here anyway, that someone's got to stay behind and defend, which are all points we brought up, I remember, in the original thing. Like, why are you taking everyone but Father Gabriel out of the town? To, as, again, Maggie's important. You need to escort her. But, mm-hmm. like, you're essentially forfeiting Alexandria if shit goes down. Yeah. And she's making that point, and Abraham says, look, uh, I don't care if you had a dream involving me drowning at a beach. Do you see my red hair and fair skin? I never go to the beach. <laughs> um, and, you know, we got we to gotta do what's right by Maggie, and Sasha's like, fuck Maggie. Maggie got to take care of Maggie, uh, which that's – we're going we're gonna to leave the flashback there. Uh, Sasha's bantering with Eugene. She's giving very – ah, oh, this is the last day on Earth vibes. Like, she's enjoying the sunshine on her skin. She's – Taking yeah. deep breaths. She's just like, I mean, like, they're directing her, like, enjoy it. This is your last moment on Earth. And, I mean. And then there's this weird moment with Negan where he's like, this is a tough thing you're doing. I really respect the shit out of it or whatever. And it's like, well, I don't care, you fuckhead. Right. Right. You're, you're forcing me at gunpoint to do this. Don't get all chummy well, here's with the me. Thing. Here's the thing. I Negan wasn't. Negan he was surprised because because there's it's going to be a several hour car ride they established to mm-hmm. Alexander from the Savior's complex, and he's like, "You don't need to ride in the coffin the whole way." And Sasha's like, "Oh, I want to. I just want to catch up on my sleep." Right. And he sees this as badass. I see this as bizarre. Yeah, it's real weird. Like, why would you volunteer to ride? Is is this a way to impress me? Like, why would I be impressed by the fact that you want to ride in the coffin? Uh, uh, yeah, no, it it doesn't make much sense. But um, they need it to happen so they can they spring do. the trap to get to get out of here later. So whatever. Yeah, what should have happened here is she goes to get in, like she calls shotgun, right. and Negan's like, no, 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 you're in the coffin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, you got to do this to prove what this is just a stunt to, to prove your loyalty, right? Uh, but then, but they, I'm sure in the writers' room, like, well, but then. You know, obviously, we need her to be alone in this coffin. And if it's Negan's idea and not Sasha's, it would be oh. weird because then she's just—it's a flip of the dice that Negan wants her in this coffin for this plan. Like I'm saying, yeah. this plan is a Rube Goldberg device where it seems like all the motivations aren't quite there for this to actually happen. Gotcha. Yeah. Anyway, um, so there is the there there are some effective callbacks where, if you recall, the the one stupid episode where they're all stuck in a barn, they first met Aaron. And a tornado is trying to pull off the door. Uh-huh. Afterwards, Maggie and Sasha get out and enjoy like the daybreak, and this is like you know a moment of hope for the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they cut back and refer to that. And there's a scene here where she's like, you know, why are we here? And Maggie says, for this. 
And instead of the sunrise, they cut immediately to this trash guy doing this Duck Dynasty duck call. (laughs) And it's the funniest edit because it's literally like, why are we here for this? (laughs) (laughs) He's making all these weird – and it's like – Yeah, it's amazing. If this is intentional, which it has to be, right? Yeah. I think it's ingenious. It feels like a Reddit edit. Like, why are we here for this duck call? You know? Right. (laughs) And – I, like I, I wouldn't call it trolling the audience, but I would no. call it just having a bit of fun, which is something that this show needs. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed that one. I feel like they should have showed the sunrise and then cut to the duck, duck call. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Rick's getting everybody ready. He's encouraging everybody that the wall will hold. Fuck yeah, it'll hold. Reg didn't make this out of fucking marshmallow. This is cold rolled steel, Rick. Fuck yeah, it is. I've seen it stand up to a semi running into it. It's going to stand up to whatever Negan's got. Yeah. Um, Eugene comes riding up, and he's he's got a bullhorn, and he said, "I come arri- I come armed with two barrels of truth. A test is coming, and I'm handing out the cheat sheet." Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's essentially telling Rick, "Like, look, you're you got no options. You got to surrender. You got to pledge fealty, or this is all going to go pear shaped for you." Uh, he says, "Ask where's Negan?" And Eugene says, "I'm Negan." And Rick makes this face like, "Oh, what the fuck." Yeah. He nods to Razid to blow them all to hell, and she turns the key, and nothing happens. Yep. Okay. They establish Razid and MacGyvering up the explosives by the front gate. They establish that this is the front fucking gate of Alexandria. They also establish that there's more than usual amounts of presence of lookouts because they're expecting an attack. Right. How did they disable the explosives? I have no idea, man. Did an Alexandrian see the trash people go in and fuck with the explosives and be like, hey, man, why are you fucking with our trap? And the trash people are like, we take, we don't bother? <laughs> All right, that's cool. Like, right. I don't understand how this thing flopped. Yeah. Like, unless I, unless Rosita did it wrong as a joke, I don't see how this could have failed. Or they could have been taken unawares by it. Yeah, my only guess is that there was some downtime that we didn't see where some one of the trash people snuck out. I don't give a shit if there was a day it. of downtime. Did they leave the thing unguarded? Yes, that's what I that's what I'm implying. Okay. The downtime is just like them sipping lemonade and playing pool. You're talking like all the way downtime. All the way down. Yeah. Not like the you know the the brief the the, the long stretches of boredom in between brief flashes of terror and, and war. You're talking about like downtime. Yeah. Like playing pool. Right. With all the pool sticks and all the chalk downtime. Yep. That's the only explanation but it's fucking stupid, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah I I, we certainly didn't see it. Okay. Because they didn't want us to see it. They wanted it to be a huge surprise. And I guess that sort of worked. Like, it shouldn't have been surprising, but it was a little bit surprising. Yes. During the live watch when suddenly these junk people turn on the Alexandrians. That's my next question. Uh huh. When did Negan treat with the junk people? I mean, it could have been any time. Like, did, did he when beat, they're at Oceanside? But I'm, I'm okay. So the win is is not relevant because we've had a whole season for them to meet. Right. Like it's been a week or two in, yeah. in real time. Did Negan beat one of them to death with a baseball bat? Did they make Negan wrestle with a zombie with spikes in it in a pit? Like uh-huh. what kind of nego- I, I It just like there's a lot of shit that happened off camera that I have a lot of questions about yeah. that doesn't really make any sense. Mm-hmm. Like when Negan's like, I get a better deal. Better deal than what? What did he offer you? He offered you, I ten guess, people. Yeah, ten to twelve slaves. I, I guess, yeah. Would you go back and then, like, why did you stop there? Why didn't you go back to Rick and be like, okay, can you offer us a better deal? 
Yeah, it's weird because they seem to have the numbers already, right? Like yeah. the the only reason the Alexandrians couldn't go without them is lack of numbers. They yeah. provided the numbers. Alexandrians provided the guns. Mm-hmm. So is 10 more people really worth the trouble here? I I don't know. It seemed like a small price to pay for betrayal. I thought so too, but Anyway, I'm not a trash person. And again, all this happened off screen to 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 save the surprise. So I really don't. I, I have no idea. I just can speculate. Um, he Negan has some. This good is the lines. thing, though. About okay. let me talk really quickly about the surprise because I think I I feel like this is you know the writer's worst tendencies coming back in a useful way for them because right. we see. These really stupid things. Like, obviously, Rick shouldn't trust these trash people. Right. Look at them. They're yes. fucking abominations of human beings. But And, and, the and they're writers... not, even, not even commenting on that. We talked about that. Like, no one even acknowledges that this is fucking weird. Right. Like, like they mug and roll their eyes when they're talking to Ezekiel, but, like, someone beams down from Romulans and <laughs> right. starts saying this shit, and they don't even laugh or joke about it. But that's the thing. We just think that the writers don't know what they're doing, and so we chalk it all up to that. Uh-huh. But, in fact, they knew exactly what they were doing is they were setting us up uh-huh. for this moment. Right. Like, oh, well, I guess Rick's just going to trust him because that's what the writers wanted to do. Right. No, in fact, he misplaced that trust. Right, right, right. So I I give them maybe a little too much credit by saying that was a clever move. Yeah. But I think it kind of was. I, I, that's the thing. If, it, that, was the, if that was Rick's de- one desperate gambit, I think yeah, it yeah. would work. It's, it's the fact that it wasn't. There was a way more desperate gambits, which, again negates like like if you if, if the hero has four different desperate gambits then it's not that desperate sure. he's making the yeah. best of a bad situation uh-huh. which is an entirely different fucking phenomenon which would also be kind of interesting mm-hmm. but then you can no longer say well he's desperate he has to ch-. like maybe he i don't know fucks over the trash trash people whatever watch rick i mean i don't know the other thing that did show no favors is if you haven't seen the rick and morty season three premiere which came out on April Fool's Day. It's one of the rare reverse April Fool's where they did something it's incredible that this is going to have this premiere episode out months before it, and it actually happened instead of being just a gag. Mm. Uh, if you want to see an episode that really does double, triple, quadruple, mind-blowing twists amazingly and it's a fucking cartoon, then watch that. Because yeah. this this shit, like I see this and I'm like, oh, this is just... This is a this is a mousetrap type of Rube Goldberg thing, except for they don't have the dive the, the, the part where the diver jumps into the bathtub is mm-hmm. gone. It's off camera. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and they never got the like fucking boot that kicks the bowling ball. Like there, there's a couple pieces missing to it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Negan has some pretty well written lines here. He's like, "You ever heard the one?" About the stupid little prick called Rick. Uh-huh. And who he thinks he stupid. knows shit and uh-huh. he doesn't know shit. And he gets all the people that he loves and cares about killed. Uh-huh. It's about you. <laughs> I think that's good. super funny. Uh, he calls the, all them all animals because they were willing to f- uh, kill Eugene. And he goes, well, will you be willing to kill Sasha? Because I got her right here in a coffin. And you got to give me all your guns again mm-hmm. you gotta let me beat someone to death with lucille again you gotta let me get daryl again and oh by the way i want your pool table i and mean your I, lemonade in your all your it, it's funny it's funny but it also it's just like literally the exact same thing that he did to get him into this position now and at yeah. some point like the definition of crazy is doing the exact same thing over and over again and expecting different results yeah i i mean this guy 
you know, he he draws some arbitrary line between, uh, what is it? Not a test. It's something in punishment. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a warning a, versus a warning punishment. versus yeah. punishment. Right. He draws this arbitrary line and then mm-hmm. expects that when he doles out the punishment, that's going to be the resolution of it. But the the punishment, if it's the same thing as the as the warning, right. Is just going to result in more of the same actions. I would think more defiance. Right. Uh, like how how much do you if you don't think these people were scared enough because they clearly weren't mm-hmm. by what you did with the bat to Abraham and Glenn. Right. What makes you think that they're going to be just they're going to be scared enough now to back down if you bash in Carl's head and take Rick's hands? Yeah, and I think there's a point about not wanting to make Rick a martyr because uh-huh. like you kill someone that everyone respects and like that just emboldens them. But there's a point to it, right? At some point, yeah. the, the, the the sunk cost fallacy of putting up with this guy so you, you avoid making a martyr gives him almost like this weird mythic aura mm-hmm. of, like, he can he can always spit in your face and nothing bad happens to him. Or something bad happens if he's going to keep fighting, and that's kind of inspiring, too. Yeah. It's so weird because I don't want to say it. I, I don't like saying this too much in a non-spoiler, but they do all these concepts way better in the comics. Yeah. Because they're not doing four or five variations of the same thing all the time. It's mm-hmm. like that simple concept, and they do it well. Anyway, Sasha flashback. Uh, she's telling Abraham that uh, the dream felt real, that we lost this, and we had just started. And Abe says, I'm going to call you on your bullshit. You're going to feel real bad about saying Maggie should handle her own business, and you're going to feel like a coward, and then you're going to insist on going alone, and the obvious solution is that we both go mm-hmm. because uh, we both are warriors that if it's our time to go, we want to go kicking and have their appoint be it to it. And right. Maggie represents the future, and and sacrificing and putting your, our ass on the line for that is living. And that's, that's Sasha's arc, right? She was suicidal because she'd lost the will to live and, and what, the, what the point of living was for when she lost her brother and she lost Bob and she found that again with Abraham. And she's lost it again, but she didn't fucking learn her lesson until she had this near-death flashback. I don't know. It's, it's, it, they, they, they lose the plot at the end. Um, yeah. But I do, I do like the fact that they kind of have an arc with her that they brought neatly into the end. Like this one part of the flashback, again, it would have been way better if we'd seen it back in the day. Right. But... That's the problem with it is they should have reversed the order on this. So yeah. We should have seen – because last episode, mm-hmm. you know, she quotes that line from Abraham. That she want like he would have wanted to have a point to going out. And again, imagine if we all, because everybody in Reddit would have been like, "Oh, remember this scene and season blah blah," and then they would, and everybody right. would like, "Oh, it'd been awesome." But they're just literally made shit up, and then now they're going to retrofit it into being significant. Yeah. And kudos, Michael Cudlitz gets another paycheck. But yeah, so we it's only now that we finally understand exactly why she said that to Eugene last episode. Yes. Uh, I really think they should have flopped that around. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so we then go back. Uh, Eugene establishes there's a couple hours it's going to take to get there, which, again, it seems awfully suspect that she would take this medicine and die and assure herself of coming back as a zombie because I've we've seen it take anywhere from two minutes to 20 hours to turn. 
Yeah. I mean, and if you, you and remember I back were, in season one, You Jim, and I were giggling because we're like, what is the end game here? He's going to open – because we'd missed yeah. this line in the original about it's taking hours because, like, it takes hours to get to Alexandria for real? Yeah, in a, a couple, convoy? Couple, a couple hours to get to Alexandria. Okay. Um but, but I mean that that might not even be enough, right? Right. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like it's like there was still the possibility that she just flops. Like he opens he the opens top the hatch she just and flops out, flops out she's over dead. the over the waist high railing. Or she's puked blood and shit herself. And like there, <laughs> here you go, Rick, Sasha. <laughs> it's like what what would, that Alive would be so well. funny. Yeah, yeah, that'd be so funny. It would be. It would have been awesome. Um, or or have her waterfall out of this thing, like we've seen walkers do so many right. times before. Right. I think that would have been awesome too. Right, and they they all show just for the really slow members of us. They show her getting in the coffin, uh, volunteering right. to get into the coffin nonsensically, and take her pill and take her water and start to slowly die. And then they yeah. they they cut to the the present, and Zombie Sasha pops out, and everything goes to hell. Yeah, uh, Negan gets taken to the ground. Sasha Zombie Sasha kills one of his dudes. Jada shoots Rick in the side and throws him off the tower. Daryl somehow picks up a dead orbit fusion rifle from Destiny, starts killing dudes with it. Um, but everybody's quickly subdued. A lot of red shirts around town that we've never met before are shown dead on the ground. Mm-hmm. And everyone that we really care for is rounded up and put on their hands and knees and handcuffed. Except for Michonne, who throughout this, keep in mind, throughout this entire sequence we're going to be talking about, uh, she's getting the shit beat out of her. Yeah. Like, like, looks like she's getting teeth knocked out. Her eyes are getting swollen. This, this, this blonde woman is taking it to her. She is. Yeah. She's like an American gladiator contestant, and this is fucking lace or ice or whoever the the the, the big muscular woman that brutalized people was. Yeah, yeah. Um. So Negan wheels and deals for ten or twelve of something that they don't really establish, but were understood to be Jadis bargaining for people's lives or slaves mm-hmm. from Alexandria. Um, and she says they agreed to 12, and Negan says you're going to take 10, and she accepts it because she's a terrible negotiator. Uh, then he informs Rick, I'm going to beat Carl to death, and I'm going to beat your hands off with this bat. He says <laughs> which... Lucille's going to take him, which sounds badass. <laughs> yeah. And then and then Rick says, um, well, okay, no. We, um, Rick then hears a woman scream from the sniper's nest, mm-hmm. and we're supposed to believe that Michonne just got thrown off the tower. But nobody believed that, right? No. And we they, knew. They, they do a good job of selling it because the, the last we see, the blonde woman's got the upper hand. She's bending Michonne off the edge of this parapet, and Michonne's just talking a mess about, no, we're the ones that are going to win. We're the ones that are going to win. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Negan picks up on the significance of the events and says, wow, you just lost someone you really love. And Rick says... I'm going to kill you. I don't care if you beat my son to death in front of me. I don't care if you take my hands. I'm still going to kill you, mm-hmm. and you're all dead. You're already dead. You don't know it. And Negan has a perfect reaction. He's like, wow, you're fucking crazy. He laughs at him. Uh-huh. He starts to beat Carl in the head, and then things go to shit again yep. because a tiger fucking mauls, knocks over Negan and mauls his bodyguard. Yeah. Uh, King Ezekiel comes in. Alexander will not fall on this day. <laughs> Then Hilltop, at the exact same time, yeah. Maggie has phalanxes that she's calling out and shit. Uh, and Negan's like, God damn, a tiger. And then Maggie comes in. The widow's alive. Guns are blazing. I'm not making any of this shit up. No. These are things he says. Word for word. Morgan's sticking fools in the face with a sharp stick. Mm-hmm. Uh, the trash people pop flares and smoke grenades and make disappear like little garbage ninjas. Mm-hmm. 
problem. Rick knows where you're at, fools. Yeah. And I hope he murks every last motherfucker next season. Maybe they'll run. Maybe they'll move. They'll go to the seaside. <laughs> yeah, they take. They take. They don't bother. They're gonna take a vacation right. and not bother to come back. <laughs> yep. Uh, Negan retreats, flipping the bird to automatic weapons oh, fire. So good. It's so funny. Yeah. Like it's super foolhardy because he's just oh, yeah. like this. This. Bull, this truck's getting riddled with automatic weapons uh-huh. fire, and he just flips them off. It's it's like I mean, what else do you do? Yeah, top notch. Not a not a criticism there. Wish they would have shot his finger off. That'd have been pretty good. King Ezekiel says, "Now it ends," and he goes off at a mild trot after mm. the retreating uh, saviors. The Alexanders are repulsed from following the retreat when... by their own gate. Yeah, the, like the, the junk people have, the trash people have locked them into their own have, town. They locked them in their own town and and repulsed this them with doesn't concentrated bode, garbage fire. <laughs> this does not bode well for season eight. No, I think so the first eight episodes of season eight are just going to be them trying to get out of town. <laughs> they locked it from the outside. God damn these garbage people. Um, so let me ask you this. Yeah. Okay. How does a tiger distinguish between good guys and bad guys? The tiger rolls up. They see people on their knees. They see people with guns, or yeah. it sees people with guns. How does it know which one to go for? I don't know. I'm not. I. I. I think that is a flaw, but one of which I would gladly overlook if it was the only one I was. Oh, sure. With. Yeah. Because I could be like, okay, I'm presenting well, it as a joke. See, I, yeah, yeah. No, but but some people are serious about it, and I think like Siva, like I, I, I would buy that King Ezekiel could point to some dude and she would go mall. Right. Him. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, that's like the least inexplicable thing. And in, 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 I in think the it would show. be cool if the tiger was just tearing shit up. Like, no, it'd be yeah, Alexandrians. Like, right? He, Ezekiel lets it off the leash, and it just goes to town on right. things. And then everybody in Reddit be like, "Well, King Ezekiel was desperate. He had to really unleash the, <laughs> the the tiger." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe the tiger mauls three of him, but he'll maul ten of the saviors. Yeah, and still money ahead. Yeah, no, that would be that would be kind of cool. And then he calls it off. I mean, right. when he sees the damage it's doing, but right. I don't know. Could I've often cool. wondered that, like, Rob in, in uh, Game of Thrones with his dire wolf when he's fighting. Uh, they never show this, but, like, you got a horse-sized wolf on the battlefield. Some some Starks got mauled. Got to be, Someone yeah. got in the way and got trampled or mauled uh-huh. or something. Like, yeah, I'm sure a lot more Lannisters died. Yeah. But that's the problem when you got a wild, a wild <laughs> fucking tank on the battlefield. Yeah. Um. Okay, so Rick and Carl find uh, hurry to the sniper nest, find out it's not Michonne dead, but the blonde trash woman. And uh, they go and comfort a very battered Michonne. And she's trying to say, we're the ones who are going to win, but she can't. And Rick, Rick sees what she's trying to say and say, we are and we will. Mm-hmm. Uh, back at the Negan complex, he says uh, he's informed by Simon that everyone is on level blue and ready to go. Negan then intensely questions Eugene on how Sasha died, which I thought was a little bit of a leap that he was that suspicious. Because my first thought when I found out that she was going to be riding that coffin for hours, that, like, aren't those coffins, like, hermetically sealed? Yeah, yeah. Um... Eugene explains it as like the tarp being wound around it, uh-huh. uh, as 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 doing it. But like I, again, I thought coffins were airtight. Like I could see like point. heat stroke. I could see all sorts of yeah uh, problems with riding in a coffin for hours. Right on the back of a semi truck, like you hit a yeah. bump and it severed her cervix, the cervical spine. You know, right? It Fractured tore, her cervix, tore open her, her uterus. uterus. <laughs> right. <laughs> But we know that's not fatal, so it couldn't have been that. Right? Mm. Yeah, you can you can lead a rebellion with a torn uterus. <laughs> um, 
And so ultimately Eugene says, oh, yeah, you guys wrapped the tide around too tight, and she must have just suffocated. And Negan's like, yeah, yeah maybe. Uh, then he goes, all right, boys, we're going to war. And everybody's like, yeah, woo, yes, sir. Shoot him up, shoot him up, pow, pow. Rick and Maggie are then back uh, discussing how much they mean to each other. This is a voiceover over a whole bunch of shit that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, over Maggie and Jesus finding Sasha, uh, wandering the woods as a zombie and putting her down, which I thought was pretty good. Uh, Jerry gets an apple offered to him somewhere in here. Uh, you know, Glenn, or she explains, you know, he, he says, Rick says, thanks for me. You made the right decision. She goes, it wasn't me. It was Glenn. Cause Glenn decided to save you way back when yeah, he decided one. to save himself. Like, episode like two. Yeah. Two. No, at the end of the pilot episode. Oh, the very end. Yeah. He comes on the walk. You don't see him, right. but you hear him say, call calling Rick an asshole. Yep. Um, and you know, you think back and, and Glenn really did save a lot of people like Sasha, Tara. Uh, he was instrumental in trying to save Dickless, which didn't work out for him. Like uh-huh. he's kind of that person on the show. So I thought it was nice that they kind of wove all this history together with these people. Um, and they said that like this, this stuff all started in Atlanta to my daddy's farm, to the prison, to here, we're, we're no longer strangers. We're family. She's quoting from the Vin Diesel Fast and Furious Bible. Uh-huh. Uh, they show Morgan and Carol kind of being at peace finally and sharing a stoop on Alexandria again. I thought that was nice. Uh, Daryl finds a carved chess piece, which is obviously from Dwight, with the word scrawled didn't know written on the back. What didn't he know? What's your... I think it's the garbage people had flipped. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think that's the thing that, that made the, the, the real difference here. Because mm-hmm. uh, obviously they also disarmed a bomb somehow. Uh, so if they hadn't flipped none of this, would, I mean, it would just have been a massacre. Yeah. Like the the war would have lasted 15 minutes of an episode. Uh, they show the leaders of the Hilltop Kingdom in Alexandria standing on like a, a podium and they're, they're addressing the combined army in, in Alexandria. Um, and that's it. Maggie says, Glenn made the decision, Rick. I was just following his lead. And it shows Maggie uh, that zooms in on the, the, you know, Maggie and Ezekiel and Rick. And it zooms in and in and in. It shows her uh, clutching the pocket watch. Yeah. So Nice moment. I liked yeah. it. No, I, like I said, that that was a great uh, – it, w- it would have been an awesome end of a much better finale. Yeah. And as it is – this isn't the worst finale, like uh, no, season God. three. That was finale, a terrible finale. Historically bad. Last yeah. last finale. Um, and just then, a terrible, terrible decision from the marketing uh, the department, uh, I, yeah. I assume, to stretch out the, the cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. It's better than that, but just the garbage people alone make it super silly yeah. and unnecessarily com- complicated. Mm-hmm. And... I I just feel like man in a different show we didn't have the garbage people and this was a forty five minute episode that didn't fuck around with a whole bunch of character development that ultimately didn't make sense because again is Sasha putting her ass on the line for other people or is she following a selfish mission right and it's just weird to portray her as having this character defining moment with Abraham and then betraying it two episodes before and then ultimately yeah. living up to it this episode no it it makes me. It makes it hard for me to feel good about her ultimate sacrifice right. when she got herself into this situation by being ultimately selfish. Yeah. And it again, just doesn't work. They have Carol articulate the problem with that approach to Morgan, yeah. and they show Morgan as being smart. So I guess the show itself knows that this was a foolish, selfish decision. 
that they're then going to spin into a moment of supreme self-sacrifice because Sasha is saving the Alexander... Not to put too fine a point on it, but Sasha is throwing herself, her, her life away to hopefully, hopefully give the Alexandrians an edge to get out of the situation that she herself put them in. Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's not good. But, I mean, it also... I guess they'd be like, well, it did happen anyway because the trash people had turned. We didn't mm-hmm. know that. Well, number one, we didn't know that because and she this couldn't is a stupid that, show so. that that doesn't that that, that that plots things behind her back and, and and keeps us in the dark about shit. Yeah. And she couldn't know that. So from her perspective and her point of view, it's still a selfish and stupid action to take. Yeah. So and she's dead now. She's dead. Sasha's dead. So uh, and that's the end of the season. That's the end of the season. I guess. I don't know. I didn't think this was a particularly great season. Um, I think we're going to have a, a wrap-up cast next week. Yes. So um, if you guys are interested in that, I, th- I think you should stick around. We're going to talk about kind of the season as a whole in that. I didn't include any of the emails that kind of talk about that stuff mm-hmm. this week. Um, I will say if you want to talk, if you want to make the season wrap-up cast, you got to get the emails to us before Thursday morning because I'm about to go out of town Right, and we're going to record it in advance. So, uh, if you want like us to consider that, um, it needs to get in early, way earlier than it would normally for a season wrap up podcast. Yeah, so send your feedback to watching dead at baldmove dot com. Speaking of feedback, let's get into it. Yep. Before we get to feedback, uh, going to try to pay the bills with Club Bald Move. You go to club.baldmove.com, you can find out how to join and all the benefits you get. But uh, real brief pitch, you can try it for free, 30 days free trial just by signing up. Uh, you get access to all of our premium content, including video versions of the podcasts, uh, extra, pod, uh, extra features like Quip, uh, the show where Jim and I uh, pitch imaginary shows to each other and try to crack each other up. Uh, Lunch with Jim and Aaron, the fantastic variety show. We've got uh, the the last final episode of Telltale's Michonne mm-hmm. playthrough, uh, which if you're unfamiliar with our work on playthroughs, we try to play adventure games the way no one else does. We try to pick the worst or most asshole-ish option to take. In every su- we, we grade our success as how few percentage points of players chose ours, our, our solutions. So this time... Uh, Michonne has, is entrusted with a house full of children <laughs> protecting their childhood home. Things oh, yeah. will not go, will not end well. Things will not, when, when bad guy Michonne takes the stage. Yeah, so, it's glorious. Uh, that's out actually right now if you're a club member. And if not, check it out at club.baldmove.com. And not only do you get all these great features, but it's the only way that we can keep bringing you content that presumably you enjoy, such as uh, you know Game of Thrones and Walking Dead and coming up, uh, as Jim mentioned earlier, Better Call Saul, Fargo, and The Leftovers. Uh, com. Thanks. Uh, we start off with Joshua H., who says, Negan's reaction to the tiger was awesome. Can't wait for season eight. That is all. Uh, Nick J. says, That was crazy. I could have in no way predicted they were going to kill off the character of Negan in tonight's finale. Drained of his ability to intimidate anyone and killed by terribly written jokes. Good night, sweet <laughs> prince. I mean, really, I I thought most Negan, of his jokes were pretty good. I thought so too, but it's a good point. I don't think Negan can be taken seriously anymore. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's it's a now, paper tiger. Uh, well, now Ezekiel's got the real tiger. He's a paper one. And now it's just uh, just it's just army versus army. Yeah, yeah. So like all the psychological manipulation is 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 uh, water over the bridge or under the bridge. Yeah. Um, also. Is it worth 
some of the really shitty CG of this season? Is it worth the poorly composited matte backgrounds of the garbage people? Is it worth the atrocious deer? Uh-huh. Is it worth the sh- piss poor Siva in sunlight to get the pretty awesome Siva tackling a dude and ripping his throat out? I don't know if it's worth it. Like, can't you just make it all really good? Or just not do the trash people. There you go. If you can't pull off an effect, like, I didn't need to see Rick up on that trash mountain with just a giant garbage dump stretching out. I could have imagined that. You chose to show me that poorly. Yeah. And you chose to edit it and score it and put it that that five seconds in the episode. That's true. Like, you could have just not done it. It wasn't vital. Mm -hmm. I, I I don't understand. So right. that would have saved even more money for more. Maybe we could have seen two guys getting mauled if there they didn't do the garbage shot. I think we didn't we see two guys. I thought she tackled that. one guy and ripped his throat out. Now, oh yeah, that's and right. then there she, was another one after. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. After he, after yeah. Negan's like, God damn the or, widows, no, Simon, you widows taste blazing. that? This is what shit tastes like, or whatever. <laughs> right, and then another guy gets eaten. Yeah. Uh, Mike from Mississippi says, finally, an episode that thrusts the plot forward. Though I enjoyed this episode a lot, the fact that it's the last one till October highlights just how much they've spun their wheels this season. Yep. I do feel like Scott Gimple is a talented writer who would excel under a more experienced showrunner who would allow him to grow, but at this point, fresh blood is needed in the writer's room. Agreed. However, since that would have happened by now if it were going to happen, here's instead three things the current writing staff could use to uh, to, to help the show pick it up a notch. Number one, a commitment to burning through story. No more spending 16 episodes to get through just a handful of comic book chapter plot points. Uh, obviously, the show would eventually catch up with the source material, but then it would simply need to go in its own direction, which might do it some good. You know, that's one of the things we've also, talked about. Also, they have like three, four episodes of material easy right now. They've got filler. It's called The Walking Dead. They can just do that because, again... I'm not following you. What? What I'm saying is... if. This is the problem we're talking about, like, with people's contracts and stuff. Uh They're not going to have 15 years of Andrew Lincoln, right? No, no. So why are they storing up all this plot? Do they have some grand plan to continue the plot with completely different characters? At which point, it's not the same plot. Mm-hmm. So, like, why are they af- why are they afraid of having this huge, like, maintaining this huge backlog? Like... Right. Gotcha. Again, they have filler. It's called the... Wa- episode. It's called Issues of the Walking Dead. Uh-huh. Like, there's a hundred some issues still to go. Goddamn. Right. You know, fucking like, like, like unleash the storehouse. But it's it's not about the first hundred episodes. It's about the next hundred episodes, Aaron. Uh, you're not you going to get by it. Now? You're not going to get it. So Rick and Carl are going to die. And I don't know. What, yeah. Enid's, Enid's going to be. Uh, I'm, I don't want to get into spoilers. She's going to be the new Rick. She's going to be the new Carl. Mm-hmm. Mag- okay, both. Why not be both? Father and son and Holy Spirit together. And it's going to be Jadis. It's going to be Jadis and Enid. It's going to be the new Rick and Carl. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Number two, an editor whose specific job it is to clean up dialogue and dumb plot lines. Yes. I think, yeah, you appoint someone like that. You know, a 10-year-old boy would be good at that. Yeah, yes. This garbage people is dumb. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense. It's stupid. Tiger's awesome. Yeah. Tiger's Dudes awesome. in body armor, awesome. Gunfight's awesome. Gunfight, this this is stupid. This yeah. girl, why is this girl in the box? Why is why is my pants fitting funny? Yep. I don't understand. Where are the yeah. birds? I want more walkers. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Number three, an editor whose specific job is to point out mind-numbingly dumb things and tell the writers to fix it. Jesus on top of the truck in view of the Sabres, Savior's snipers, fix it. The governor peering through the scope of a gun with his patched eye, fix it. Maggie not remembering <laughs> she had a sister, fix it. Yeah. 
And I'm going to add one here. I'm going to say, number four, if you have written even a single episode of the Power Rangers, you're banned from the writer's room. Yeah. I'm sorry. You're just banned. Yep. Yep. Nothing personal, but we don't want you. Or Timon and Pumba. Timon and and Pumba. Yeah, all that stuff. If you've written, if if your previous writing history involves nothing but Saturday afternoon children shows, yeah, you can't write the highest rated <laughs> drama on television. I don't think that's too much to ask. I don't think so. Yeah. All right, Krista D says, "Hey Jim and Aaron, I haven't checked out any reviews yet, so I don't know how the episode was received, and I might be in the minority here, but I thought the episode was okay at best. I have a lot of bones to pick with a lot of things, but to keep it short." What on earth was the point of all that setup with Gregory and Simon if they were just going to see Maggie at Alexandria and it was just going to be the trash people that informed Negan and the Saviors about Rick's plan? I think we kind of talked a little bit about this in the main I cast. Mean, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that this is kind of like Heath, that it's going to come around eventually. Because remember, okay. Heath yeah. has got this, like, you know, oh, PPP white card mystery going. Right, he's out there. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. He's on the new rebooted Jack Bowerless twenty four. That's where he's. That's 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 what that was all about. Yeah. Did they just were they just like okay, you we're not going to need you for like three seasons. Go do your twenty four thing. I can't even imagine. But you're what still that's on contract. And like that's yeah. the thing that's really crazy. It's like you're obsessively dropping hints for this thing, mm-hmm. and you, I, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know where he is or what he's doing, but I probably won't care when he comes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also says, P.S., maybe I'm in the minority again, but I felt nothing when Sasha died. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Craig P., is this good? I mean, Jadis equals Judas, one fucking letter? Is this deep and meaningful to people? Is the nonsense shootout at the end anything but a joke to anyone watching? I ask because there is absolutely zero chance people are enjoying this show as a serious drama and not just schlock. That's that's not true. There are I, there are true, a lot yeah. of people that apparently like I, that's the same. Like I think if this is the only kind of quote unquote golden age of television show you watched, I could you could be forgiven for being blown away because you know again it's like you're 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 seeing a paint by numbers show and you don't know that it's being painted by numbers. Yeah, I mean this strikes me much more as a soap opera than a a late stage golden age type of show. Yeah. Um, I, you mm. know, they use a lot of the same tricks that soap operas do with right. like characters coming back out of nowhere and secret motivations and like all these things that don't engage you on, they they just engage you on the like surprise of the week style, um, engagement, but they don't engage you on this more like meaningful level that a lot of dramas have lately. Yeah, I don't know. I never watched soap operas, but like, I even I think wrestling does a better job at developing characters <laughs> and having long running plots and like uh-huh. organic things happen. Yeah, and they that's you sad. know they they do it you know that and they, they have to do it year round. They never get to you know they don't have to just do it sixteen weeks out of the year, right? Uh, Texas Sandman says, "Wow, what a fun episode! Even with some of the more facepalm inducing moments, I found myself engaged through at least ninety percent of the episode." I can't believe I didn't think about Sasha becoming a walker in the coffin, but that may have just been because until she popped out, I kept thinking to myself, is she really just going to be dead in there? How the hell is that going to change anything in this clusterfuck of a situation? Yeah, I I totally agree with that email. Even That's though I've given thing. this episode a lot of shit, I was engaged in, like, in, in kind of like, well, how, okay. how yeah. are they going to not fuck this up? And I they uh-huh. didn't fuck it up in the way I thought they would. Like, everything kind of tracked. It's just... 
the contrivance they had to get to where the the the, the Rube Goldberg plan actually worked and distract and it still relied on yeah. three grown ass adults not being able to cover a fifteen year old with a pistol. Yeah, and you know, like because that I don't know. There's just been so many different ways they could have staged this better and been more believable, and just don't they just didn't care. Yeah, for me, ninety uh, percent is pretty high. I would say I was engaged with like sixty percent of it, um, and that would have been higher if they just structured it differently. But that's the problem. I like do? I was only not engaged on the second path because I, you know, um, like up until the very end, I was like, how's this going to happen? I don't see how this is going to happen. I'm so I guess yeah. I was engaged because I really desperately wanted to see how this was all going to play out. And we were just as surprised by Sasha popping out as a walker. Yeah. So don't yeah. feel too bad about that. <laughs> uh, Tim L says, I've been watching the show since season two, and this is the first time I've been considered quitting. It was painful. I would love to see the total shock that ran across your faces when the trash people double crossed our gang. Oh, you well, can, you for, can see it for for <laughs> you join the club. We actually right. have that on that that reaction on camera. And trust me, there was some stupefied shock uh-huh. on our faces uh-huh. when that happened. Yeah, maybe there shouldn't have been, but there was. <laughs> Vicky says this is the first time I ever guessed what would happen in any show, and I'm glad I also didn't trust the trash people. Can't wait for the trash people to get their comeuppance, especially Jadis. Uh, and then she asked, what did they do this for, 12 people? And, I, yeah, it seems like it. And they lost a decent amount. Like, people died. So, yeah. I, and, yes, it, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I, If you listen to the first introduction of the Trash People, I said, this seems like a terrible idea. Yeah. You're just going to go off and give these sketchy people guns. You did. And you just met them. And I guess you're desperate, but uh, whatever. Uh, Aaron in Chicago says, I think everyone knew that Sasha was on her way out. That was made abundantly clear by the Abraham flashbacks. But do you think The Walking Dead was actually giving us clues about how she would die by having her listen to Donnie Hathaway, who, if you didn't know, this guy suffered from mental illness and he killed himself eventually, um, or at least his death was ruled a suicide? Uh, Or was it just a morbid coincidence? Do they even have the capacity to come up with something like that? I think you're right because they were using every trick in the book there to show go. us yep. before she actually took the pill that she was doing that thing. Yes. Like every ounce of her direction was you've resolved to kill yourself uh-huh. and you're going to act blatantly like a person who is at peace with that decision and no one is going to pick up on it. Not Negan, not Eugene, yeah. not anybody. No, I... Th- the music was not the only thing telegraphing that. You're right. I think they made that choice deliberately. Mm-hmm. But everything in this episode mm-hmm. was telegraphing that. Yeah. And that's fine. Like, what you... The, the other thing we didn't talk about is uh, Eugene. What it about like they're holding out hope that he could have a hero turn. I don't know, man. I Here, nah, they. You're right. They are. The show is, like, trying to tell us that subtly. Well, not subtly. Sasha says... I still believe in you, Eugene. You can still turn this thing around. Wink. Like Yeah, but she also tried to give him the pep talk last episode and that did nothing. But here's the thing, like this was this would be like the I think the third time Eugene yeah. has had to turn the hero. So what the fuck? You guys have fucked this up. You guys have fucked this up just by trying to stretch it out. <laughs> uh-huh. And I have no sympathy for you. Yeah, at this point I think it's actually more interesting if Eugene doesn't rejoin the group totally yeah eugene, just make him the turncoat eugene being a shitty version of darth vader would be kind of cool yeah for sure uh dan from philly says well a lackluster end to a boring and lackluster season 
a battle that went nowhere. Gee, where have I seen that before? I think he's referring to the governor, perhaps. Mm. This did have a very governor-esque vibe to it. It did. Yeah. It did. It is, it is, it's not too far ahead of season three in that <laughs> way. Because this could have been Jesus, yeah. the glorious climax that mm-hmm. sets Walking Dead up to a new future. Yeah. And if the pacing was at all sane, it would have been. Uh, he continues, a female character's death galvanizes the group. Yeah, I guess that worked once. Why not do it again? Uh, when Rick went to set off the explosives and nothing happened, not only was it a perfect metaphor for this season, but on principle, the rest of the Alexandrians should have shot him themselves. As Negan drove off, giving the finger, I felt it was appropriate. After all, that's what this season has been to the audience. <laughs> I don't know if I feel that way. Uh, uh, I don't think everyone's joined us in full rebellion again. They have. Yeah, it's like the hilltop and the kingdom have come to our side uh-huh, uh-huh. in our moment of need. It's suspicious coincidental timing that you all have rejoined <laughs> the, the efforts uh, in, Mike- our, in our uh, hour of need. Mike B. says, what's up, guys? I thought overall this was probably the strongest episode this season outside of the premiere. Mm. I'm just wondering if you think we can expect a revenge on the Garbage People story arc or if they will just leave it alone and how you'd like to see that play out. They have to because that's going to be the filler plot of next season. Right, right. That, that, before we can deal with Negan, we got to go, deal with yeah, Trash people are yeah. a, a fucking clear and present danger. They are. Um... Anthony from the UAE says, this is Anthony from the UAE. First, I wanted to add that although this wasn't the best season's finale, it was strong uh, for a lackluster, failed philosophical reason. Rick hits rock bottom. Carol hides from fighting. JDM hams it up for the camera. And they finally get their beach ball-sized lady nuts together and fight Negan. Uh, They've been building and building and finally get to somewhat of a money shot. Yeah, I mean, this season has really been all about building toward uh, getting everyone on board uh, fighting Negan. So yeah. I'm I'm kind of with you there. Like, I do think they they hit the goal that they were trying to build toward in that general sense. It's just, right. like, pretty much all the specifics of it. Yeah. No, totally. That we're not thrilled with. Yeah, and and again, I, this is just done a lot better in a comic book, and I feel like the only reason... I, I, I don't know, man, because, like, I used to think they were because they were afraid to catch up. But at this point, I don't think they're going to. They're going to run out of actors' contract way before they run out of material to explore that's interesting in The Walking Dead. Yeah. So now I really don't understand because it's not even a budget. Like, this this, this Negan shit is, like, the, the, the locations they got are locations they got. And they're going to need them for – whether they need them for – well, maybe that's the thing. Like, oh, you know, we want to have these things last for three seasons. You want to get, the, you know, Alexandria and the, I don't know. I don't know. It's depressing because they got the money. They got the money. These sets aren't that expensive. They're yeah, mostly abandoned shitholes. I just wonder if they, they don't have, like, I don't, I don't want to say too much, talk too much shit about the writers because I don't know that I could do this any better. But, like, they don't have the chops. Like, they're trying desperately to rejuvenize this series in some way. Um, that it's just not working. Like they don't want to go full ridiculous, like a Z Nation type of thing, because then it won't be the prestige show that they set out to create at the beginning, right? Yeah. But but now they don't have the talent to back up the mission that they're trying to accomplish, right? Which is to remake this show into something more impressive. Like they they're trying. Like I see episodes like this finale where they're they're doing all this. What should be interesting stuff with Sasha, it just isn't executed on the level that you want it to be. Right. And I, 
I can't help but feel that that is them flailing, looking for the next stage of The Walking Dead. How excited are you for the garbage people backstory? <laughs> no, not at all. It's coming. No, it's I don't coming. Want it. It's coming. It's coming. Ah, you're probably not because wrong. I feel like Gimple's going to hear all this criticism about the trash people, and he's going to take it as a challenge. That, oh, we're going to explain how Jadis lost the, the ability to string together more than three English words at a time. They just need to kill him and be done with it. I agree, but I will bet you. I will bet you that they are the garbage story back backstory. Garbage people backstory is coming. I want them. They're going to get a three episode arc. Here's how I would resolve it. Uh huh. I would have Daryl and Dwight. They they need to they need to get Dwight to show them something that they can trust again. Mm-hmm. So him and Daryl sneak into the dump and they set a giant garbage fire <laughs> that wipes out all of the garbage people. Okay, except for maybe Jadis. Who's who's alone on the road and happens upon Carol, and Carol just does the most despicable things to her. I think Rick's people should get an array of trebuchets on the outside of the the, the junkyard, uh-huh. set literal dumpsters on fire, and fling dumpster fires on fire at the trash people to take them out. Perfect. Let's see it. And and there'll be a Glenn hiding under everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 801. Uh, I want it. Uh, Jason W. says, just finished watching the series finale of Grimm, and he says, judge away. Some spoilery stuff happened that I'm not going to mention, which got him thinking, if you could bring back one dead character to help fight the Negan army, who would it be and why? And he says his choice is Shane. Um, but Glenn, Abraham, Merle, and Andrea would also be considered. Oh, yeah. I think- Ab- like, ne- um. Robert Kirkman himself said his one of his biggest regrets about this plot line is that he killed Abraham off right before the all out. You know, you killed the only professional soldier off in the group right you before you began again? a plot line called All Out War. Yes, that's the incredible thing. That's the incredible uh, thing. Okay. Yeah, I, I, yeah. So, I, of all the things to change. Your biggest, the thing that you quote as your biggest mistake is not going to be the thing you change. But it's so weird because, like, he in the comic, he dies like Denise does with a random crossbow from Dwight. Huh. Okay. So, like, when that didn't happen, we're like, oh, well, it's going to be actually kind of cool to see Abraham. And then Glenn gets beat to death like the comic, but then Abraham does too. And I'm like, who the fuck is steering this ship, man? I don't, too that many, makes no sense. Too many captains. Like, it's remix for remix sake. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Um, I don't think they understand the point of the remix because, like, everything in broad strokes goes down about how they do in the comic. It's just that the minor details are shifted around. Yeah. Is that really preserving surprise for anybody? I guess the comic readers, but who but no, cares? but that's what I'm like, saying. Like yeah. the, the 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 big spoilery things about who lives and who dies and how this thing goes out are, are right. happening according to plan. It's just the minor de- it's like it's like shuffling the 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 deck deck chairs on the Titanic. Who cares? Mm-hmm. This thing's about to slide under icy water any second now. Yeah, I actually think Shane might be a little too gung ho. He might be like a Rosita. The problem is, is he does you, something foolish. You can't take season two Shane, who is clearly on a very dark trajectory. Yeah. Uh, who would probably be a, a super villain in the world of today, and and just pull him right into season seven, The Walking Dead. You'd have to. Yeah. It would be essentially Negan fighting himself. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think that would go too well. My choice was actually going to be uh, Martinez because mm-hmm. I feel like he died too young. Like the governor just took him out, 
And I think he would have been like a Daryl number two. He could have been a decent leader because he that doesn't yeah. seem like he was uh, as fucking nuts. Or at least like a competent killer and a competent yeah. soldier. Yeah. He. I don't know. He seemed like he had a pretty level head. I like a second tamer version of Daryl. Yeah. Would be useful right now, but I don't know. Monica from DC says, I knew Sasha was gone from the first scene of last night's episode. Uh, this show really knows how to take the element of surprise out of the show. If they would have shown me more of Sasha and Abraham's backstory of them living together in their day to day life, uh, before last night, I would feel they were truly in love with each other and not just banging each other. That being said, I did enjoy Sasha's story. Sasha's interactions with Negan worked, and her realization that she could not kill Negan herself and that she had to take her own life to help save her people. Um, The song they used, she's talking about this Donny Hathaway thing, is Someday We'll Be Free. Uh, It has so much symbolism in the fact that Donny Hathaway committed suicide in the late 70s, and the song was written for him by a songwriter trying to ease Donny's mental anguish. That song is beautifully written, and Donny Hathaway has the voice of an angel. Mental illness is a serious condition, and I am no way trying to minimize this condition by comparing it to Sasha's plight. Uh, By Sasha listening to that song and her flashbacks of Abraham and Maggie helping to ease her pain uh, and finding peace with leaving. This is uh, some fragmented sentences here, but I'm going to keep going. Uh, (laughs) jumping out of that coffin as a walker and trying to bite Negan was extremely badass. Even in death, she will still be helping the group. I loved it. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said that there are a lot of elements in this particular finale that I thought were particularly well done. If you just judge them in isolation. Okay. It's just like, you know, when you start asking a question of how do we get here? Why did the character do this? Mm -hmm. If the character was believing this all along, then why did they do this thing? That's where it starts falling apart for me. And that's yeah. admittedly the the hard part of writing episodic television, serialized uh, serialized television is that you have to have you know, you can't see this as like just this an hour here an hour there. Everything has to contribute to the whole and nothing the best shows don't have any wasted time. Like even slow-paced episodes you appreciate later to see, "Oh my god, they set all these things in motion so they can they can bash into each other interestingly for the finale walking yeah. dead just cheats yeah they just they just fucking twiddle their thumbs until they need something to happen and then it just it just it they just force it yeah i don't like much about the stuff that happened with saja here but i do think that choice of song was pretty inspired yeah and like i said i liked i liked them I, I liked the scenes of her and abraham i thought they were really great i wish we got more of those back when they mean would have meant something hmm. BB says, clearly Negan never saw The Incredibles, and it's clear warning about bad guys using their time talking instead of just getting on with it. Yeah, it's a thing. He could have bashed Carl. He could have bashed Rick. It seemed like he didn't want to bash Rick. Like, Jadis seemed to have... Strict uh, orders. Orders not to kill Rick. She just shot him in his side skin. His love handle. Yeah. Which, you know, anything can be fatal in this world. Also, there was no exit wound. He was a damn the shot. I don't know. Because uh, I, I saw him hugging Michonne from the back, and there was no blood on that side of his body whatsoever. Well, she, just, side. she just shot an empty K-cup at him or something. <laughs> a piece of junk from the junkyard. A wax bullet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I. Uh. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Jeff says, do you think that the show has lost its ability to create shocking moments? When Negan was going to kill Carl, I was somewhat tense, but I knew that it wouldn't happen. 
when Michonne was fighting the We Win Trash Girl, I knew she wasn't going to die. And during the gunfight, for no major characters to get killed is pretty remarkable. This show doesn't give me the same thrills that it once did, such as killing off Laurie in Season 3 in the fourth episode. I used to have a feeling that anyone could die similar to Game of Thrones, but it seems like the show is almost scared to kill off anyone meaningful. If Sasha counted as a grade-A character death and a predictable death at that, then I don't know if this show will ever shock or thrill its viewers again. Well, Sasha, I feel like the only reason it wasn't more shocking is because literally the whole episode told her told us what was going to happen with her. Yeah. And also, it seemed like they were laying that. I was getting real strong. She's going to die vibes even the episode before. Mm-hmm. But I think she's a definitely qualifies as a major character. I think so, yeah. Um, uh, but I, I take his point, too. No, nobody in that gunfight died. No major characters in that gunfight died. Honestly, I felt like... And I also don't agree, because I, I was mildly afraid that Rick or Carl or Michonne could die, for real. Oh, yeah? Because, okay. like, I'm... Yeah, like, I just don't... How, how long can they keep Andrew Lincoln? And, you know, we've seen these things about, you know, Carl or Chandler Riggs is out of contract now, so, like... I thought it would have been a pretty good storytelling choice to have Rick pay a price. Like, yes, to ultimately win the day, but fucking, con- you know, shit has consequences, Sasha and Rosita. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, like, but then that can start to guilt cycle all over again. And kind of who cares? Because that, that point was made with Daryl. Right. And now it's like we're giving Rosita his plot again. And I it's, just fucking tread this emotional treadmill with these characters. Yeah, which is all just a symptom of them padding this thing out, right? Yeah. Instead of barreling ahead full steam. Right, right. Because you gotta, when you're treading water, you have to tread water not just on the action, but also on the character beats. And yeah. And that's a problem. I just feel like a lot of stuff they're doing to Sasha and Rosita, they explored with Rosita, with uh, Sa- with uh, Carol and Morgan. Let me finally get it right. And it's like really egregious when you've got two parallel storylines taking place at two locations. With four different characters in two different locations in the show, uh-huh. you know, and I don't know, one zigging, the other zagging. It's it's really, it's just a mess. It's a mess. Yeah, yeah. I like, right. I'm liking this episode less the more I think about it. <laughs> Speaking of messes, uh, Jeremy from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, wants to say, uh, has a question. Um, are you guys at all disappointed that nothing came of the herd we saw in the premiere of Seven O Nine? I distinctly remember Rick making it a point to keep the herd on the highway as they might need to use them against the saviors. And while I do enjoy the action in the show, I feel like we're not getting as much zombie action as we used to, and now that herd seems more like an empty promise. What are your thoughts? Maybe that's why we forgot the zombies, or that Sasha could turn into a zombie because she's literally the only zombie in this episode. Yeah. That that herd will come back. I would hope. I mean, it might. Like, yeah, like it might this, come this back. Episode, but yeah, it's a little the, shitty that it didn't. The end do of it. this episode, I mean, started the war. Like, begun these Clone Wars have now. Uh-huh. Uh So, by Star Wars standards, we will rejoin it at season eight, and the war will be over. the the, la- the last shot will be fired. Uh huh. <laughs> and there'll be an anim- there'll be an animated series on the Cartoon Network to fill us in on the gaps. <laughs> right. Uh, man, I don't. I don't know, but that's I, the thing. Like, I yeah, that they've the got structure. plans. They got plans for that herd. That there, there is an instance of them planning more than eight episodes ahead. Because that's but they're planning come back out around. of season. It's really weird to yeah, me. Yeah, sure. Like, I would if I were writing a show, mm-hmm. I I would try to do very similar to the way Breaking Bad did it, which is you have overarching themes for the show, and you have this general plot for the whole thing, but each season is like a self-contained packet. 
yep. sort of. You sure you, like things that are set up at the beginning of the season are usually knocked down by the end of the season, yeah. and this one is bleeding from the half season into the next season. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know. I guess maybe when you're on a six month cycle or whatever this show is on, like eight episodes every six months, mm-hmm. can, does that work better? I mean, if you treat this no, as doesn't. one the, continuous, the... like. It feels very soap opery, doesn't uh-huh. it? Like uh-huh. this show never goes off. Well, the air, and it's so... weird the stuff that they do sweat. Like they're 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 clearly putting Heath. They're clearly putting the zombie horde on ice to be used later. They're yeah. clearly putting Gregory and whatever he told Simon and, and right. his mission. That's 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 going to be significant later. But the other stuff that they don't like bother to to, to develop and build. I don't know. Yeah, but. Um, but I, I don't know. It, I think it's a little shit. Yeah, the breadcrumbs they are leaving are curious because it doesn't seem like it's the the most interesting things that they could be doing. Yeah. Uh, Nolda B says, Carol has been separated from the group for an entire year, and she finally stages her triumphant return only to be noticed by no one. Instead of a reunion with Rick or Daryl seeing her reclaim her badass after their last meeting, we have a scene with her and Morgan, the same guy she has had scenes with all season. Why no reaction from the Alexandrians about Carol's return? What a waste of a powerful payoff that could have been. Well, they did they did have her and Morgan, which I thought was the the ultimate into the arc, which Right, but they that's haven't kind of like, a whimper, right? The Alexandrians haven't seen her in Would Daryl be happy to see her? Cuz here's the it, thing. I mean, it's complicated with like, Daryl. Like she seems and Carol. pretty nonchalant about all this when she was hanging on to her sanity. So is yeah. it this like she really wasn't about to go nuts if she killed one more person? Was was she underestimating um, her own strength? Like I, I, I it, guess so. What does the show want me to believe about her worldview? Does yeah. her and Morgan have a valid worldview, or they don't? It Not, seems like I mean they have one that's constantly shifting. You know, and, they're and, they're trying to figure out what their worldview is. Yeah, I, I think that at points that plays really well between the two of them, and at other points it feels a little thin. But the other thing is like real mental illness and post traumatic stress, and is not stuff you can just shake off, right? And I feel like that they're particular, you know, like, uh, you know, Ezekiel steps to him and be like, you know, thou is screwing thy life up royally. And uh-huh. Morgan's like, you're right. You got me. I was here in the middle clearing, but you, you talk sense into me uh-huh. and the same thing. And I, so, so if Daryl got with Carol, how would he feel? He'd be like, oh, my God, my my friend is going to be lost because she killed one more person. <laughs> right. She's 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 past the, the, the threshold. And, oh, by the way, Daryl, I figured out that was a big, fat fucking lie. <laughs> Where's yeah. Oh, no, she should have come back and just said, oh, hey, Daryl. Uh, oh, it's so glad to see yeah. you again, Daryl. Where's, Where's Glenn? Glenn? Can I talk to Glenn? Maybe Abraham? Yeah. I just want to reconnect. Yeah, I just want to grab Abraham's handlebar mustache and take it for a little drive. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and finally, Barry C. from the UK says, I think ultimately what hurt this season was having Rick and company so incredibly powerless for most of the season. There was a distinct lack of agency, which started with season six season finale. Boy, he's saying season a lot. And only really just ended. As usual, The Walking Dead do awesome openers, awesome finales, and clumsy middles. But fuck it, the tiger was the tiger part was really fun, and I left my brain at home and enjoyed it once we got past the Abraham flashbacks. Once again, somehow, I'm all in on next season. 
Yeah, that funny. seems to be the theme of The Walking Dead. Because doing this podcast made me less excited because uh, after I had a good time watching <laughs> last night's episode and it was funny and yeah. it was moving in places and just like, okay, well, uh, but but I have to fucking take notes on this show and yeah, it crumbles, man. It crumbles. Yeah, you got to dissect it. Yep. Yep. So uh, I don't know. I, I, I guess like uh, – It'd be interesting if we had like like I guess the live watch chronicles are genuine like first thoughts. If we were just checked our brain off as fans, that's our reaction to it. Um, and then the podcast is like you know our semi serious critical take at it, which is not usually very flattering. No, I don't, do we have a spoiler no, section? Because I mean, we can if you want. I, I just I just kind of want to talk about how it just seems like all the things wrong with the season are a direct result of them refusing to just tell the fucking story. Right. I, I do want to talk a little bit about that. So, yeah, maybe we'll do um, a spoiler section after the music. If you guys want to send in feedback, uh, once mm-hmm. again, for uh, our season wrap-up, we're going to be doing that Thursday sometime, like let's say afternoon. Mm-hmm. So get your emails sent in to watchingdead at baldmove.com before then, and I'll get them included in the uh, – I'll get them considered for that show. Uh, I guess that's it for this season. We – are going to be back for season eight, or is that something we'll decide on Thursday afternoon? No, I don't. I mean, I mean, you, I think I don't feel I don't feel strongly about stopping the Walking Dead. I don't either because I am still having a good time, and it seems like people are still listening to our shtick. To yeah, if I ever, it's a fun podcast, and I'm telling you, like, uh, I just I, sounds unnecessarily advertising, but I feel like the live watches this season have been strong. Yeah. Like it's easy really, when you're just there to rip it. Really, really funny stuff. Like I've like like laughed as hardest as I've laughed in recent memory on two different occasions, all all in conjunction with the trash people. Yeah. Um and it's been a lot of fun. So uh that's kept me going through The Walking Dead historically. If I'm if I'm still having fun covering it and can 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 come up with funny stuff to say about it, and people are are happy to listen to it because if people stop yeah. Seeing the value of our podcast, or if I stop getting, you know, uh, getting excited about it, or start half-assing it, then that's when that's when things gotta end. And everyone's right. definition of half-assing, because you know, we took some heat for getting a couple plot points wrong a couple episodes ago, and I'm like, well, yeah. if that's you know, let's be real. If that's what you're, that's not what you're listening to this podcast for. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm starting to view this podcast more as just entertainment. Yeah. Um, as opposed to analysis. Yeah. Because, you know, we've done our analysis on The Walking Dead. Verdict is it's not great. Yeah, and you start so, repeating yourself. So, yeah. like, in fact, uh, maybe next season we'll even we'll come up with some ways to make it even more fun. More fun? Uh, yeah. Hmm. And we've, 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 ta- we've talked about some some ideas and stuff we'd have to do to, to, to make it a little bit more creative and more fun. Yeah. Um, because I just, you know, I... It, every season it seems less and less likely that this is just going to flip on and become the show that it could be. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Like, I've I've mourned for the show. Like, I, I've said it before. This show could be the zombie version of Game of Thrones where it's getting Emmy nominations. It's not just could having be. it's not just having Reddit fans bitching about, why doesn't Andrew Lincoln ever... No, you're, you're actually... It's standing toe-to-toe with the other serious dramas. And yes, it's got dragons and magic, but it's still fucking getting Emmys because it's awesome. Yeah, Walking Dead could be like that. Oh, of course, yes, it's got zombies and guys with baseball bats and barbed wire, but god damn, it's so good. <laughs> it's just not that show, nah. and I don't think it's ever going to be. Yeah. And I and until they switch showrunners and rehaul the writers' room, 
I, I think that day is coming, though. You think so? This shows if losing. The, ratings continue to the audience continues to erode. Uh, I don't think they can keep getting Andrew Lincoln and Norman Reedus and et cetera, keep coming back. Like, this show is either going to have to adapt or die. Yeah, it just... All shows do. All shows I, do. No, I totally agree with you. I'm just wondering if that's the way that a bunch of these executives feel yet. And maybe they'll get there. But to me, it feels like they're pleased with the way that Gimple is running things. But they don't care. They don't care that they're going to end up in three seasons with an unsatisfying resolution that goes nowhere and gives no closure. They don't care. They've, the the one thing I'm entirely positive is they don't care about us fans and our experience to the extent that we, we are, we are a cash cow and that's it. Right. If they gave a shit, they wouldn't have pulled that horse shit with last year's finale. Mm Mm-hmm. That was a naked capitalist move mm-hmm. that short-term got them the highest ratings they'd have in three seasons, but also cratered it on the backside because people were like, fuck it, I'm out. Yeah. So, yeah, until there's a big creative shakeup, and I don't see them doing a big creative shakeup until the ratings continue to erode. Right. That's the thing that scares me is, I, I mean, we had a lot of shakeup at the beginning of this series, right? Darabont's out. Yeah. Uh, Maz- Mazzara's out. Uh now Gimple's been at the reins for quite a few seasons, mm-hmm. so I don't think he's hit a ceiling. If you think so, yeah, oh yeah, I think that yeah, like creatively or as far as like the executives being fed up with the way the show's going. Well, I mean, because I feel still, like they're still on board with him. There's still room for me to say if Gimple had a different show with a different, you know, creative mission and a different budget, then I don't know, maybe he could do something. Hmm. Um. But with these showrunners, because he's also, you know, this is the, you know, I've, I've heard that this is kind of a three headed monster with uh, Nicotero and Kirkman. Right, right. But with this writer's room and this budget and this approach that the creator and uh, the executive producers are enforcing, uh, maybe, maybe he is. But I, I do think you're right. Like, I do wonder. He wrote some really good Walking Dead episodes, and I wonder if he could have been the head writer in a good stable writing room where he had a, a, a showrunner that really built a good team around him. If right. he wouldn't be kind of like, you know, an up and coming star. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately for him, I think he's the only part of this team that is replaceable if they wanted to, you know, like you can't get rid of Kirkman. No, it's Kirkman's show. No. Pretty much. You can't get rid of, uh, Nicotero because he's the effects. Like, yeah, you get rid of Nicotero. Your effects department is gone. Mm. Like that would that could kill the show alone. Um, although the zombies are becoming less and less relevant in this yeah, show, yeah, I, I don't know that that's true. But I feel like of the three, he's Gimple is the most replaceable. Yeah, yeah, and if it, which I, should be sad to say about a showrunner, but right, that's the way it is. That's I the feel. way they treated him. Yeah. So and they've uh, treated all their showrunners that way. Yeah, so. they've all been replaceable. Yeah. Uh, if you do not kowtow to the bottom line, you're gone. Yep. So I think we're going to get into the spoiler section now. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Yeah. We'll see you next week for the uh, wrap-up. And until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we're back with the spoiler section. I got just a couple of things that I want to talk about. Um, I think a lot of it's going to rely kind of on your your comic book knowledge because I have not read this far into the comics. Right. Um, 
But I, I haven't know, for years. I deliberately I avoided reading this because it was fucking with my enjoyment of the show. Yeah. So I've got broad ideas of what would happen and some crystal clear memories of others. Um, so I don't know if you want to go first or I could go first. Or yeah, whatever. let me. Uh, okay. So there was a theory that a lot of people had going into this finale now that um, Sasha was captured by Negan um, and there was this idea that maybe there would be a mix-up. You know how there was in the comics with Andrea Polly, and the other yeah. and the other blonde girl. Mm-hmm. Um, they avoided that, and I'm glad. I think it would have been a shitstorm. It would have been ridiculous. Uh, do, do I mean? Do you want to just talk about like how how you think they did with that, avoiding that? Like, because it clearly changed that scene quite a bit, right? Well, they just avoided it. I mean, because the scene where Hall, uh, Andrea's up in a bell tower and Rick thinks she's get thrown off, like, that happens exactly like it is in the comic books. Oh, okay. So they preserved that aspect, which I thought was pretty good. They just dispensed, like, well, I mean, they had the good... They're like, this really wouldn't work if we went and tried to do this mistaken identity, and they spun it into the coffin gambit, which was dumb, but it... It was a dumb thing in isolation. It didn't make, like, Negan or Rick or anybody else look stupider by association. I sure, Maybe Negan. Because, yeah. like, again, I don't know what the hell his point with the theatrics is. <laughs> like, he likes yeah. the theatrics. He I does. get it. He does. I get it. It's consistent with his character, but I wish they'd gotten, done a better job of explaining from his point of view exactly what he was hoping to achieve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's not. We just got half a conversation between him and Sasha, and it was sp- split up by these different flashbacks. But... I mean, does it accomplish the same thing? Like, we've got Sasha in this box. Rick, I guess, believes that Sasha is in that that coffin. Mm-hmm. Um, and he believes that, you know, Negan's going to kill her if he doesn't back down. I I mean, I guess it serves the same function. They just don't have the, the Mixeroonie, right? Yeah. But that Mixeroonie was kind of like an opening um, that Rick was able to, to use and exploit to his benefit. But it seems like... And I know some of this stuff might happen with All Out War next. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's just like there's element like like Rosita and Sasha going off half-cocked. Like, I don't know why they did that this season. Um, I don't know why. The, my, to me, the most interesting thing about the, the, it, the, the lead up to the war is Rick completely submitting himself to Negan. Mm-hmm. For the brilliant, to the extent that even Carl and Andrea are like, what the fuck? We've lost all faith in you till he finally said, okay, this is why I'm doing this. Because we need them to go to sleep. We need them to be unaware. We need them to not see the knife ready for it when we slip it in. And we're going to be more Negan than Negan. We're going to be more pro-Negan than Negan mm-hmm. th- th- to play this as a political gambit. And that is completely... Absent from the show. Yeah. Rick has been one note, threat, bluster, stink eye, shit face every single time Negan's around to the point that what it makes it seem Negan looks stupid for taking his side mm-hmm. when like Spencer steps up. Yeah. Like in the comic book that made sense because Rick was his boy. Mm-hmm. Um so I And all of that is shifted over to Rosita and Sasha who are acting so foolishly right. that we can't get behind what they're doing at all. Right. And again, like it's so weird to me to see the show address that with Carol. Like I couldn't believe when Carol told Morgan, like, consider what you're about, brother. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get you're gonna fuck up our shit and ruin the element of surprise. And I'm like, if you know that in the writer's room, then how can you have Sasha and Rosita do this? Especially given Sasha's backstory that you're about to deploy on us. And and it, also, it's almost like the the writers have 
the the hang up of knowing what the comics were getting at and like if if you're a writer and it's just part of your canon that yeah. Rick is actually working behind the scenes mm-hmm. uh, against Negan, then maybe that just gets stuck in your head and you don't feel like you have to explain it quite as much. And in fact, they didn't explain it at all. Like, I don't. Yeah, I don't think they. I, I just. No, I don't think that's true. I think if anything, they seem like they have a mission statement of let's not tell the story exactly how it goes down in the comics. That yeah, seems I, I get like, where you're coming that, from. That seems like a prime directive for them. Uh-huh. Like, we want to, yeah. even when the scenario is exactly the same, the cast of characters have to be in completely different places because that's what we need to do to be, to either make it interesting for us, that's what Kirkman wants to do, mm-hmm. that's what the executives want to do because if we tell the story straight up, it moves too fast. Like, I don't know, but it from what I've seen, like, adding the trash people, a disaster. A disaster. Yeah. There's lots of weirdo characters in The Walking Dead, but, like... You know, get, like like I started stopping reading during the whispers, whispers, uh, which I thought was you know like from what I've heard that seems like a very extreme culture as well. Mm-hmm. But like I just don't know because they're hitting this between like the all women ocean side and the trash people and like all these like weird again they seem like weird planet of the weeks from a next generation episode it's going to like when they finally get around to telling the whispers they'll just be we've had the wolves on top of that and the claimers and some of them like i thought the claimers was a pretty solid a post-apocalyptic concept of a of a a group with a weird ethics and morals yeah um but everything else has been i think a misstep the terminites i thought were kind of stupid too Hmm. um and i just feel like by the time they get to like something like the whispers people are going to be weird post-apocalyptic cult fatigue you know yeah i mean i'm already there with the trash people that's just but that's the thing like they've they've taken a plot and just diluted the shit out of it and but it's still hitting all the same beats i don't know i'm (laughs) i'm assuming that the war will be concluded next half season but i hope so because it just it's so funny because i I can't remember who did it but someone sent like a season a half ago here's how i think the next three seasons will go with the all-out war. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, surely not. That will be way too stretched out. But if anything, uh-huh. it was ambitious. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't – I mean, it should be pedal to the metal from here, right? Yes, it should. It should. They're, they've set it up for that. Like even in the comic book, they Kirkman, <clears throat> Kirkman, aware of how impatient people would be during this pulse-pounding section of The Walking Dead – did two episodes a month, two right. issues a month for the duration of All Out War. Yeah. If they fucking hit the brakes, they already have to because, again, the garbage people are going to have to be dealt with, and I I bet, I bet we get backstory for them. Yeah. We've got Gregory out there. And Gregory's out there, and Heath is still out there, and, and you know. And they're they, going to read, they're going to take this opportunity to revisit some of those things. Right. And I just don't know. I, yeah. I Again, how many – one of the things I'm interested in exploring in the wrap-up podcast is how many seasons do we think we're going to get out of out of uh, Andy Lincoln and Norman Reedus, and how is that going to impact the show? Because, you know, this fantasy that you're going to get the same cast for 20 years' worth of, se- <laughs> of material uh-huh. is not going to happen. So I, yeah. I'm guessing that they have a way to deal with that transition, but it's not the show that I signed up – like. Mm-hmm. I guess that's where I'm really going to question why I'm watching the show. If there's no Rick, if there's no Daryl, if there's no Carl, why am I still watching this show? 
that's kind of the, the 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 only thing that still gets me out of bed is like the, the relationship that the original characters have together. Yeah, and they still do have this good chemistry, and that's it. But that's it. That's what that's what's what's making me watch the show. Yeah. Uh, you have any other spoilery type stuff you want to talk about? Or yeah, I kind of hit the, all the the ones where the the things I thought that the comic book did well, they're not even in the plot, and it's going to be so weird because I wonder how people are going to react. I mean, it seems pretty clear that Negan's going to get captured and they're going to put him in Morgan's prison. Mm-hmm. But Rick has said so many times, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you all. I wonder if there's going to be a sizable contingent of fans that see that as a bullshit move. Uh-huh. It'll be it'll be Morgan will step in with his bow staff. He'll, uh-huh. he'll Rick will be going for the killing blow. He'll step in, he'll knock the gun out of his hand and say, "No, Rick, we don't have to kill." Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I hope not. That return to moralizing. Yeah, I, I hope not. I hope it's. Fr- I hope it comes from Rick. And I, but I, right. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. Who knows? Uh, okay. Well, I think that's it for season seven. Uh, like I said, we'll be back next week with a wrap up. But that'll be it. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. We will see you next time. All right. See ya. Here's a sneak preview for the quip that's dropping this Wednesday. The dead middle. <laughs> okay picturing uh the human centipede style so that's the first thing i thought because i haven't seen a human centipede but i've heard a lot of about it and it's right. my understanding that in the first one it ends where you got three people in the human centipede you got the head you got the middle and you got the ass and the middle is the one that survived and it's and and then the, like somehow the person that created them dies so the implication is this woman is just stitched to these dead bodies and she's mm. eventually going to succumb to some kind of septus septic shock or whatever yeah i've seen it i don't remember uh is there but what if the middle died first like that's a real bummer for the the other two right like Oh. Now I got to drag this dead middle around by my mouth. Well, see, or I my feel like ass. that's the most workable one because you could actually. Definitely, but it's still a bummer. <laughs> the, whole, the whole situation's a bummer. I guess you're right. So the dead middle implies that the reverse happens. The middle part of yeah. the centipede is dead. It's dying middle out. Mm. Uh, yeah. What kind of wacky adventures do they have? What are they like trying to interact normally in society? Because, cause, like, <laughs> here's the thing the end is just going to die. Yeah, there's, the end's there's no pure there's there's shit. no way for him to get nutrients right. such as they are. Right. And I would argue the same is mostly true for the middle as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, the middle's already Maybe, dead. Well, see, here's the problem. Okay, so when you're in the front, you can eat, right? You can eat. You can sh- you're fi- you're essentially fine. You've got a weird You're fine. You're just shit in somebody's di- mouth. Yeah, you've got a you've got a weird kind of colostomy bag attached to you. <laughs> right, human colostomy bag. Yep. Uh if you're the back you could ostensibly take some kind of nutrient-rich enema, yeah? Maybe Ooh, get some of your oh, nutrients oh, that way. Rectal feeding? Right, but if get you're in CIA the middle, on. you're stuck. You're just done. You're the dead middle. Mm. Yeah. I mean, hmm. I argue it's the worst place to be Oh, in the human centipede. <laughs> I would think so. Like, if so pole position's the best. Uh-huh. If you have to be in a... I agree. If you have to be in human centipede. Being the head is the best. Right. I I don't know because like, what's your? Why do you think the back is? Because you've at least got some freedom yeah. to wiggle around. Well, and and you could you could potentially survive. I don't know. I mean, eating shit all day is not going to be good for you. Yeah, and I don't even know. Like that's the whole thing. Like that just doesn't seem possible from a biological. Pers- I mean, obviously this what guy making the human centipede's insane. 
I imagine. Yeah. I haven't seen the movie. But, like, how would he think that that would possibly work? He like, doesn't. You can't he take does, wa- but he can't. You can't take waste product right. from someone. I mean, like, shit doesn't have any nutritional value, does it? I wouldn't think so. I it's, mean, you can, it's been extracted already. You can burn it, though, which implies it still has some kind of energy, because that's essentially what a calorie is, the heat energy right. you get from burning a given quantity of it. That's how they measure but it. But the nutrients, right? It doesn't have, like, the stuff that humans need to survive. Like, yeah. maybe, you know, plants can grow in it and that type of stuff. It sure. has nitrogen for them or whatever. But uh-huh. as human beings, yeah, it's it, we've already Shit, taken... what plants need, what plants crave. <laughs> so, yeah, I think the middle's the worst. The middle's like, the worst. Right. So, At least, like, I don't know. I mean, you can, you you can't drown your sorrows, that's for sure. Is this the like middle. an odd couple thing where you've got, like, the human centipede sitting on the couch and the, it's the dead middle that they're both... I mean, one guy can articulate that the, the one on the end is just going to be... Well, what if you put best. Ace Ventura on the back end? Oh, my God. He's talking out his ass. <laughs> yeah. Then they could communicate. Mm-hmm. I'm picturing an, a really good animated series. If you, I mean, if you if you keep this up for multiple generations, maybe evolution takes the course. And oh, like, yeah. You and can, it's just you one organism. You get a primitive larynx that, that evolves from the rectum. So oh, they can force man. air through that and, and have like very short conversations. And the dead middle just becomes a pass-through. Like, this sure. is a new type of organism. Mm-hmm. So, so the, now this, that's not how evolution or biology or reproduction <laughs> works. But I, the fucking movie doesn't understand that, so why not? Right. Uh, I like the it. dead middle. Uh, the other thing it could be is just a person's just dead inside. Yeah, it's the Jim Jones story. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Like <laughs> from from the heart to the stomach, nothing. <laughs> this is just nothing. dead. Nothing. It's like uh, one of those trees that blow over in the wind. You like uh, look inside; it's just pulp and, and mush. <laughs> Uh, I, I okay. Do we have any other? I'm I'm ripe for human centipeding. Imagine that just leaking <laughs> you out. You are into the, the evolutionary link between the head and the ass. <laughs> I sure am. You're just a tube that passes yep. things through. Uh, Sew me in. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> what, okay. Do we have any other uh, intellectual no stimulating thing to inject into this? <sighs> okay. Hope you enjoyed that sneak peek of the club only quip that's dropping this week. Head over to club.baldmove.com to hear the rest.